Well, hello, folks. This is your host of the Firmamental Podcast, Raul. I wanted to tell you all about a great family-run, faith-based business that we have partnered with during this wonderful holiday season to bring you a few options that would make some great gift ideas for this upcoming Christmas. As the world spirals out of control, the need to keep Jesus Christ at the center of our lives is becoming more and more apparent. So we have joined up with the folks at includingchrist.com. It is a family-ran art store that aims to help others include Jesus Christ in their daily lives. With items to fit any budget, includingchrist.com is a great place to help you bring the light of Jesus Christ into your life. Check out the journals, framed artwork, bags, canvas wraps, and cards. They are all beautifully made and would make some amazing Christian gifts for this upcoming holiday season. Use promo code FIRMA in all caps to receive 5% off your purchase site-wide. Thanks again, Firmamentalists. Please show support for this family-run, faith-based business and have a glorious Christ-centered holiday season from all of us here at the Firmamental Podcast. Peace. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Firmamental Podcast. I am your host, Raul, and I got my brother, Alex, with me. Say what's up, Alex. Hey, everybody. I am pumped for tonight's episode. Yeah, so we got a returning guest, one that the Firmamentalists absolutely loved and have been screaming for more of, and we brought her back right away. We didn't waste any time bringing Tally Blackwell back, so we'll be introducing her here in just a moment, but... I did have some uh, tragic news that I received from uh, one of the firmamentalists out there, um, a two-time guest of the show, um, just straight up firm family. Uh, you, you guys know him as Colin from, from an episode, um, but he has a part two coming out real soon. It's already been produced. It's actually probably going to be the next episode that we release. Uh, he's got a book coming out. But uh, I mean, this is just a brother of ours, a good friend of ours, somebody that we talk to all the time, somebody that has great information and is just a, a, a great brother in Christ and somebody who I go to for a lot of things and a lot of prayer. I know he's always praying for us. Well, he lost his mom in a battle to cancer. So, uh, you know, rest in peace to Lena Wright. Um, God bless you, brother. Condolences to your family. And we just wanted to tell you that we love you and we're here for you in support. Anything you need, man. God bless you guys. Uh, go ahead, Alex. I'll let you uh, say what you got to say about that. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I reached out to Colin to you today. And, uh, you know, obviously with, with my mom dying kind of the same way. And, uh, um, yeah, def definitely on the same page. It's, uh, I gave I gave him some go good news or some good advice to grieve as hard as possible and not save anything for later like I did makes it uh, a long painful process if you do it the way I do it so hopefully he takes my advice and um, you know gets it all out of his system as quickly as he can and I mean it always hurts but it's uh, good to do it properly. Yeah for sure man I have faith he'll make good choices but uh, if you're here buddy we got your back dude. Uh, 
really no housekeeping tonight. Just a reminder, go check out the firmamentalpodcast.com. Go hit up the merch shop. I've been seeing some people buying some more gear. I just saw Billy Bond, who actually Callie was on his show as well, which was another great episode. <laughs> My boy rocking the Firmamental AR-15 Rapid Fire Truth hoodie and drinking the coffee cup. He had the combo going, so shout out. Uh, go check us out. And remember, leave speak pipe messages. We'll respond to those, play them on an episode, and we'll have the new contact for email and all that stuff in the show. So without any further ado, and with no more wasting time tonight, we're just here to have fun, though. We're not going to get too serious. Well, we might get serious because we're talking some serious subject matter. We want to have fun because Callie told us at the end of the last episode that she herself is a conspiracy theorist. I think she might be a fledgling flat earther, at least. I'll let her tell you about all that. But tonight's guest, Firmamentalist, somebody that you guys absolutely love. Here she is, Callie Blackwell. Say hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me back. So, dude, I had such a I had such a lot of fun the last time. And when you said you wanted to have me back, I was like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. When when can we do it? I'm I'm really, really stoked for this because it is going to be something completely different that I'm used to. Obviously, I'm I'm very much used to talking about my son's story and everything like that. And it is usually very serious, you know, we had a, you know, we had a laugh. And so this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really, really excited to like get to the meat and bones of things with you guys. Yeah. Well, this is like our wheelhouse. So this is the, and we're going to let you take it wherever you want to take it. I know that you said like, like before we fired up the microphone, uh, you were mentioning to to Alex and I, and I was like, hold up, don't get us going too much. We started having a really good conversation. I was like, this needs to be recorded before we get into it. So, But you were telling us like, you, you're hip to it, a lot of this stuff, right? Like just a few that you mentioned right off the bat with me before we turn on the mics, was like, oh, 9-11, you know, Bohemian Grove, you know, you said you lived in Switzerland and you started mentioning CERN and a couple other things. So I don't know where you want to start, but- uh, <laughs> You know, I know that probably, you know, they can go listen. If you didn't listen to the first episode, first go, go back and listen to Callie's first episode and you'll hear her tremendous story and, uh, you know, the stuff she's doing there. So, but I know that your son's about with cancer and what you experienced with the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry probably opened your eyes up to a lot of things and drove you further down that rabbit hole. But were you into like conspiracy and researching the occult before? All those experiences, like where was your introduction into some of this, uh, es- what they would call esoteric subject matter? Yeah, it was, um, I guess for me as well, like the pharmaceutical side of things was, even though I was, I would, I would have classed myself as a massive conspiracy theorist, I still didn't kind of understand the, the conspiracy of the pharmaceutical world. Like that still blew my mind, just absolutely being inside the complete corruption of all of that. And that really opened my eyes to everything, you know, to so much other things. But yeah, I, I guess for me it was, um, and I guess this was the way for a lot of people. It was nine eleven. It was nine eleven for me. I was twenty, well, I was twenty one, twenty years old, something like that. And you know, and I remember I was ironing, and I remember the news was on, and Darren was a really tiny baby, and there I was, like I saw the twin towers, and I was like, nah, hang on a minute, that's a that just doesn't, it just didn't look right. It just kind of like, there was just something off about it. But of course I was terrified and, you know, I went along with the narrative as you do, but then just things just didn't make sense to me. And I think that's where a lot of people go with conspiracy theories, even with flat earth, there's things it's like, it doesn't make sense to me as a, I'm not stupid human being. 
I'm not, I'm not highly educated, you know, I, I'm high school educated. I've got some kind of college education and I was in the army and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not stupid, but, um, things just don't make sense. And then you start looking into it. And I watched, um, I watched Loose Change, Michael Moore, Loose Change. And that just blew my mind. And I was like, yes, this, this makes sense to me. This feels right. This resonates. This makes sense what else what else is there and so I then just went down the rabbit hole and to be honest when my son was in hospital as well I spent a lot of my time like delving down rabbit holes of conspiracy theories lots of them and that's where I learned about you behaving grove and, and all that kind of stuff and the and just the elite and well I don't I like don't like to call them the elite I prefer them to call them the predator class because calling them the elite puts them in a position of hierarchy and I don't want to put them above me so I call them the predator class. I find that more apt <laughs> for those kinds of people. Dude, um, I agree know. with you 100% right there. And I, I, you know what? I think we need to stop. I even need to stop using that term. It's just the term that everybody knows, right? If you said the predator class, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Uh, it's kind of like flat earth. I don't really like the term, but we use it because it's the one that everybody knows. But I'm with you and there's power in words. So we should find a way to just change that word and and I look at them like like demonic forces, and and these these demonic forces are are parasites. I heard somebody say the other day, like they were talking about like you know the fallen angels and and these mm-hmm. demons and these disembodied spirits, and and they feast on fear. But literally, like if, when you get into studying the yeah the predator class, I almost <laughs> said it right there. You know, you find out that they're into what drinking blood and adrenal chrome and flesh and blood sacrifices and ritual sex magic of young people. It, they they literally, somebody and somebody mentioned this that I, in a podcast recently, I thought it was brilliant. They made the point that they they worship the serpents and they come from a, from a serpent spirit, not disrespect to the physical, you know, like animal, the snakes, like, you know, I got respect for all of God's creatures, but I'm just saying the cults that these people are into, you know, they were, the, the serpent was cursed to eat dust for their whole life. And it says that God made man from what? The dust. So they literally need to consume our blood and our flesh and, and to, to fuel themselves. Yeah. Like they feast on our fears, our blood and our flesh because they're demonic. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely that. And I believe energy harvesting going on at the same time, which is why. And, you know, what is it? They can't remember what the saying is, but they say that millionaires study the stars. Or is it millionaires study astrology? Billionaires study like the, the cosmos or the universe something like that i can't remember but it just goes to show that you know they know about numerology they understand the power of date there was no it's not a coincidence that uh, that that, <laughs> that osama bin laden was caught on the same day that like was you know ve day back in the day and these pre- predominant kind of dates and things happen and they manipulate the they manipulate the population to harvest certain energies in certain times of the year because they're energy harvesting there's something going on there and um yeah it's it's really interesting when you start to when you start to look into i've actually for the last couple of days been listening to the book of enoch i've been listening i've been audiobooking the the book of enoch and i was like this is really interesting about the fallen angels and how those that come from the fallen angels will forever be evil they are called evil and they are the evil ones and those that you know didn't are are you know the the, the i can't remember the words they use but I was just listening. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense that we have, we definitely have this good and evil dynamic going on in the world. And I can feel it. 
and I feel the shift and I feel that there's, you know, good and evil going on and that there's, there's, there's this battle continuously. And, you know, which is why I always have faith that good will win. It, it Love always wins. It always does. We just have to go through these ebbs and flows and and things. But it's, yeah, there's definitely energy harvesting going on. There's definitely, I mean, I don't even know if I go so far as they're like reptilians, but that in itself is the reptilian, even if that's just talking about the reptilian brain or you know how how far do how what do you think about that about like actual reptilians being in so you know? so i'm gonna i'm gonna answer that but i think alex uh you got you found that quote didn't you that she was quoting about the millionaires what was that yeah so the millionaires follow the stock market and the billionaires follow the stars that's it boom yeah yep, that's the one yeah they know what they're doing I'm going to shoot this one to Alex, man. Alex, what's your take on on uh, on reptilians? And then I'll give you my take. Funny that we're talking about this because uh, the other day I was walking my dog and I was thinking about Spider-Man when I was a kid. And I don't know if you remember the old Spider-Man cartoon, but it was super trippy, right? There was like all I'm I'm telling you, they were like on acid or something when they were drawing Spider-Man. But he, do you guys remember the episodes when he was actually underground and there was like this weird race underground? There was a few episodes like that. It totally scarred me as a child. And now yeah. and now we're talking about, about this. And in one of my favorite video games of all time is Gears of War. And there's a whole underground network of weird creatures living there. Now, as far as uh, reptilian people or shapeshifters, that's that's an interesting thing. Um if you if you believe anything about like um like star seeds or or people that come from stars and then come here and then they're from different like classes or races. This is an interesting thing because there's there's some kind of there's beliefs that there's these intergalactic battles, right? And then you can kind of come down here and be a, a person, but you have these things. And then I don't know if Callie knows anything about um, uh, the Akashic records. Do you know anything about that? I do a little bit. Um, so it's interesting. I, I think that there's like a little potpourri of everything. Do I actually think that there's lizard people who wear human skin? Probably not. But there's probably people with Akashic records and and things like that uh, spiritually that they might not even know or maybe they do know and they're unlocking these uh, mm. knowings, right? Yeah. Bloodlines. So, it's definitely bloodlines. Yeah, so I think I, that's where where I I, I I think these things do exist. I do think that they, you know, and especially if they have, because so being a flat earther, my concept has changed of space and what's out there and what extraterrestrials are. Like, I don't think they're coming from light years away, millions of miles away, traveling from other star systems and all this. But I do believe that what's beyond the firmament, you know, and then, and, and, and and there's, it says that there's multiple heavens, right? And so, and, and the, the Bible references the stars as angels. Yep. So, and when it says these, the stars fell to the earth, I think it's literally talking about these. And what if you really look at stars with not their CGI images that NASA's giving you, but if you actually physically look at the stars, they don't look anything like these formed balls that they show us, you know? They look like balls of energy, but like the, the Bible or scripture and, you know, the books that, that, that comes from, they, they talk about in the book of Enoch, 
there's multiple races of angels. Okay. So if there's this order of angels that has those characteristics, who knows? And who knows? Maybe that is, you know, they do reference Lucifer, you know, as, as the serpent or they reference uh, Satan in, in the serpent form many at times. So if these angels that fell with him, what if the one third that fell with him are these, these creatures? Okay. And they have capabilities that are beyond ours because they come from the heavenly realms. So they can assume our skin suits, but they still have their actual form. And I've seen just so many weird videos of people. We actually talked about it some with our, just the last episode that we did. Um, Tyler mentioned, you know, the video of General Petraeus and him wigging out and like him showing his true form. Um, and, and then they like everybody storms him and crowds around him and to block it from happening on camera. You know, and it's just, I've seen so many weird things. I, I heard the story about uh, uh, Putin, Vladimir Putin saying that he saw the Queen of England shapeshift in front of him into a lizard and back into human form. Um, so I heard about all that, you know, and then there's just so many stories. I'm just like Alex is saying too, you have like uh, these characters from from movies and books and, and the one, uh, what is it? There's a lizard reptile that he fights in, in, uh, Spider-Man, you know, and I think these things actually do exist. I think that they're probably have powers, at, but if anything, I think that they're working with, along with the Greys, I think they're, they're, they're probably separate, you know, but they all come from, you know, this, this heavenly realm, but they're all trapped here with us, you know, in this realm, but they have capabilities. I think the world governments know about them. I think they're working with these, these demonic forces and deep underground military bases. I, and, and even me, myself, I've seen some things like I've literally was talking to, to somebody that, uh, and I knew that they were, I would say of satanic just from the stuff that they were wearing, that Lucifer was their God, or they were Satan worshipers just from the way they were dressed, the way their makeup was all, they were wearing all the insignia, you know, the, the pentagram, the upside down crosses, everything. And I was talking to this individual and they made it a point to look me dead in the face and their eyes went from a round pupil to like a slit pupil back to a round pupil. And I saw that with my own eyes, not on hallucinogenics. And I was like, wow. And I remember praying in my head, like, they're like, whoa. And I started rebuking the, the spirit in, in my head in Jesus name. So I've seen things. I think they're real. Um, and I have <laughs> Like, like, probably like they live, put on the glass. If we had the glasses, yeah, we might be surprised to see how many of these people actually are these creatures. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, so much is hidden in plain sight. I think they do it. And again, because of part of part of their part of their whole thing is that they have to literally tell you what they're doing. That's part of it. They have to show, they have to tell you what you're doing, what they're doing, because that's that's whole part of the ritual. And so the Simpsons, <laughs> like mm. How many episodes of The Simpsons have come true? And then, of course, The Simpsons have those alien alien overlords, don't they? They, like, have the fake skin on them. And, and then, you know, lots of movies and things like this. So when, when I was growing up, and I would say, you know, when I was talking to my, my mum, for instance, and I would say things to her, you know, conspiracy theory-wise, and she'd look at me and she'd say, you watch too many films. You watch too many films, you know? And it's like, oh, that's how they do it. They, they put it out in a movie. And then people go, well, it's just a movie. And it's like, no, it's not just a movie. Like they're literally showing you, but you've written it off as just a movie. It's just fantasy. It's, it can't be real because it's in a film. 
And it's like, that kind of takes me to the new movie that's just come out. It's on Netflix, isn't it? It's like, leave the world behind or whatever it's called. Barack Obama was bloody producer. <laughs> Barack Obama was the producer. And it's all these, these self-driving cars and, and how everything's going. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's a predictive programming. What is this all about? You know, I don't watch films like for entertainment anymore. I watch them as like, what are you trying to tell me? What's yeah. coming? What are you want? We're trying to be co- we're trying to decode their message, right? <laughs> trying to figure out what they're yeah. trying to show us. And there, I so I've gotten. I guess this just recently came out, and it is. It's a, it's executive produced by. They're the executive producers, so they did. They're not the directors of the film, and it's actually big name actors. I haven't watched yeah. it yet. I do. I do have still have a Netflix account, um, and. I, like at first I was like, I'm not going to watch this, but then I'm like, nah, you know what? Being a podcaster and talking about this subject matter, I need to be hit. And so many people, I, like I saw so many posts, like in the credits at the beginning of the name, it shows all the actors' names stacked up. And then if you read right down the middle, they so lined up their name that it says ball, B-A-A-L. Yeah. So somebody pointed that out, like hidden in there, oh in their God. names, it says ball. If you look at the actors' names, I posted it, so go look at it on on Instagram. But you can somebody traced it out, so it's hidden. And I get the I actually just got the chills. Wow. But they do stuff. There's another scene that said that that somebody posted a picture of, and I posted it on my reels. But the little boy, he's wearing a shirt, and it says "Obey." And then his That's sister's a- next to him, and she's wearing the natural yes. shirt. Yes. yes. And then it's all about. And then and then just recently in the in the American news media, they have been pushing this thing about. Oh, potential cyber threats and and uh, computer viruses that could knock out the World Wide Web and how much catastrophic damage this would do to world economies and all this stuff. And I haven't watched the movie yet, but if you watch the trailer, and I posted a reel that somebody made that was showing that the trailer, that's kind of the, the premise of what happens. Is there some kind of event that like knocks out our systems? And I and and then it shows, and then they did a, a a commercial that was aired two years ago from the World Economic Forum, where they're literally talking about an a, an an event happening that wipes out the world's uh you know the World yeah. Wide Web, and it causes this chaos. So it's like, what are they really doing here? Is this like a bit of and I, what I call it is a karmic alleviation, where they're like, oh, we showed you, so we're not responsible if you fall for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, we're. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's definitely, I don't know if I'm going to watch it tonight, but it's definitely, I'm probably going to watch it sometime this week. And I'm sure Alex and myself will break down some of the symbolism in that movie. Uh, uh, have you seen that stuff, Alex? Uh, no, I, I mean, I've just been watching a little bit about what's going on on, on social media, the little hit, hidden things, messages, but it should be, I think it should be pretty interesting. I was, I was going to say that, uh, I, I think that, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it's all right, man. Uh, it's just, I mean, just from the little tiny bit that I saw, I could imagine when I watched this whole movie, my buddy that sent me the, the first I heard about it was from a text message just a few days ago from my buddy, Ryan from Texas, who listens to the show. Shout out, Ryan. And uh, yeah, dude, he was just like, I was like, I, he, he's like, oh, have you watched that new Netflix movie that was executive directed by the Obamas? So right away, I'm like, dude, hell no, I'm not going to watch that crap it's like dude especially what you talk about on your podcast and then i started seeing all the stuff i'm like okay yeah i need to see it but i mean just from those two little things i mean i've barely seen a little bit and yeah yeah i mean i i'm, I'm sure we're gonna i'm gonna be like pausing it every five minutes going do you see that 
<laughs> Take your note. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember what I was going to say, and it's amazing how many doomsday movies there are on Netflix, how they're trying to, like, warn us, but, I mean, are we going to freeze to death, like, the end, end of tomorrow? What, what's that movie where uh, Statue of Liberty freezes and things like that? Like yeah. that? 20, 2012, they are for tomorrow. Yeah. 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 And then there's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio with the with the con- with the asteroid coming to kill us all, and they yeah. love the asteroids killing us I think a lot of it's fearmongering. Yeah. yeah, it's fearmongering as well. Again, that's that energetic. They're, then they're trying to get anybody in a state of fear and panic. A, we're easily controlled when we're in a state of fear and panic. And, you know, it's again, it's that energy harvesting. Like, what are they trying to evoke out of us and and getting us to, you know, they, we know that they drive the narrative. They make us hate one another. They they fund all the protests. They, they fund both sides. They kind of get us pitting against each other. Um, you know, and that's it's what they've done since the day of since since it began. I mean, even in the Book of Enoch, they talk about that how we, you know, we fought each other. They literally, when the fallen angels came and started doing what they were doing, gave us the secrets and gave us the wisdom, but they didn't know it all, did they? So they started mm-hmm. they started spouting off before they knew it all, and it caused us to like kill each other. It caused us to, you know, they pitted us against each other right from the day of ever since it began. Yeah, I, yeah, I. I, I... Oh, sorry, Laurel. I was just going to say that I was talking to a psychologist the other day, and he was talking about the increase of patience that he's having for climate anxiety. <laughs> and, I, and I actually laughed out loud in his face, and then I felt bad. I'm like, oh my I mean, god! But but that's the. I mean, we're all on the same page. Yeah. Oh, that this is ridiculous. But yeah. there's people out there that are totally fooled, and it's so sad. Yeah, it yeah. is so sad. It, it is very sad to to watch how easily manipulated people are. And I often wonder, and I don't know if you've had these kind of wonderings, but I've wondered why I seem to be, um, I seem to be immune to the bullshit. <laughs> why, didn't yeah. I, why haven't I fallen for it? Why didn't I fall for 9-11? Why didn't I fall for all of the false flags that have come since then? Why haven't I fallen for COVID? Why, did, why didn't I fall for these things? What makes me different to like, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a pondering I do have every now and again. Yeah. I call it what they're doing is they're planting mind seeds in people and they're planting this, you know, they're, 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 they're putting it in the back of people's heads and whether they, people realize when they're consuming these things, that they don't have that filter, they don't have that lens that we have as, as like truth seekers and as conspiracy theorists. See, they'll have us when they have our the term conspiracy theorist was created by them, you know, during this Kennedy assassination to make us look like kooks in the first place. And we're a bunch of wackos popping zits and whacking off in our mom's basement, staring at the wall, you know, trying to connect dots, driving ourselves nuts. You know what I mean? That's the way they try to paint us. You know, they don't paint us as these strong, well, women too, you know what I mean? But they don't paint us as like the way we actually are, you know, because I, Alex to myself, we're the opposite of that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's funny, but that's the way that they would have you think that we're all these crazies. And then when something happens, oh, he was a conspiracy theorist and that's why he got into this. And, and, and they blame us. And it's just another way of like it putting this negative connotation. So, you know, I think I like to call us truth seekers. I like, you know, but uh, it is what it is. So when it comes to conspiracy, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's just like once you start understanding these things and you gain an understanding that this has been going on for a long time. Everything's orchestrated. Everything's strategically planned. Like, have I fallen for some recently? I, I got to say I kind of did because even back, you know, in the last election cycle, 
I kind of started playing that right and left thing, you know what I mean? And they kind of get you pitting, leaning yourself towards one side or the other, you know? And now I'm not, now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm not playing that game either because that's, that's the way they're dividing us, you know? And they got a lot of people, they still think, you know, like Trump is some savior and that, and then other people's like, oh my God, he's the devil himself. And it's just this whole thing to keep people just rah, 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 when really, dude, it doesn't matter who gets in there, their agenda is going to be done because I've seen videos of both these guys kissing Klaus Schwab's ass. You know, I'm not putting my faith and trust in, in anybody except the man in the mirror and God alone, you know, because yeah. ain't nobody coming to save us but ourselves. But that's what's so important. That's what's so important about shows like this and, and people doing the work that you do, Callie, is because we feel passionate about waking other people's up. And, and as, as we wake other, others up, even if it's one at a time, 10 at a time, 100 at a time, you know, they're going to wake somebody else up and it, and, it, and it just grows organically. And that's why they're really struggling hard nowadays to censor information and fact check and do all this stuff. But it's funny because now people like us that know what they're up to, it's like whatever they're fact checking is what we're going to go look at and we're going to go <laughs> dig into, right? Yeah. Usually whatever they say, I, I go, I read in between the lines and go, okay, what's the truth here? I don't think I've believed an official story for quite some time, but you know, it's funny because even when I started talking, um, you know, in the hospital and I started, I, it was a, literally a radiologist that told me that sugar feeds cancer is a radiologist that told me that's how PET scans work. And yet I went back to the ward and started speaking to my friends, you know, whose children all had cancer and I'm going, you got to stop feeding your kids sugar, sugar feeds cancer. And they called me a conspiracy theorist. And I said, well, I mean, I've been one of those for a long time, but no, like he's literally the radiologist and they don't, any anybody, then they don't want to face things. Or they don't want to take responsibility or they don't want to, I think a lot of it is people are very happy in their bubble and they are scared because the truth, the actual truth is terrifying to them. You know, whereas I think I've been woken up you know, I was woken up fairly slowly and then I had the whole big thing with my son and that, I mean, that was a massive kick up the ass and that really kind of shattered everything else wide open. And so when COVID happened, I was like, oh no, I've already been through this. Like, what is this nonsense? You know, this isn't going to work on me because I'd already already faced my immortality and faced the mortality of someone I love. And, and that's how they kind of got the world was your granny's going to die and it's going to be their fault for not getting vaccinated. And, and I was like, no, I've already been here. I've already had this wake up call. And I think, you know, when people don't, the, the, the truth is so terrifying that they'd rather believe the lie, even if inside, even if something inside of them is like, this ain't right. They will push that aside, cognitive dissonance, they'll push that aside and they'll say, no. And they will take it to the grave. They will never succeed. They'll never come back. And I think especially with COVID is the longer it's gone on, those people that really went headfirst into it and started calling people all granny killers and all kinds of horrible things and wish death upon people and all that, there's no way they can get down off their high horse. They can't come yeah. back. From, you know, it's just too, their egos won't let them. Some will, some you know, some, but the masses, they will, they will continue to go down, get their booster after booster after, because they, they, they've done it now, and now they're on that train, and they don't want to get off. And um, yeah, I think it's. I remember speaking to someone many, many years ago about, you know, I think it was about nine eleven, and she literally said to me, "I'm happy in my bubble. I don't want to know." I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> okay." 
you know, and that's it. People are, they just want to live their lives. They just want to wash their TV, go do their work, come home. They don't want to, they don't want to try and try and think of anything else other than what they're just being spoon fed. And for me, it's like, I understand that ignorance is bliss, but long-term it's not, it really isn't. Like there's true freedom in in truth and in finding, you know, what's really going on. There's true freedom in that, even if it's painful, you know, but living ignorantly, deep down your soul yeah. knows. Your soul knows. Yeah, I call it, you know, you said a great term that you use, cognitive dissidence. Uh, another one is herd mentality. They don't mm-hmm. want, they want to be socially accepted. They want to maintain their circles. They want to attain, obtain their normal you know, everyday status among their work peers or, you know, whoever they're exposed to every in their everyday lives. And people like us were like, accept me for who I am or or move on and I'll find a different relationship for somebody who appreciates me for who I am. And it's so much more liberating because you get a bunch of people that are fake from away from around you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's actually liberating. They would have us, they would have us think that I think that's what they want us to do. Like, oh, they'll just go along with the lie and they'll go along with the narrative because uh the truth is much more scarier when actually it couldn't be further from the truth. The truth mm-hmm. is actually liberating and actually frees you because when you get to when, you, as you start to graduate deeper and deeper, uh, you know, into your conspiracy theory, in, into your truth walk, into your truth journey, it leads you, you leads you to the deeper understandings. And, and when you get to that deepest understanding, you literally realize they're trying to hide God from you. And that once you know that they can't, keep you from connecting to God and that we're all, we've always had it all along, then they no longer have control over our minds. They no longer have control over our actions. We understand that we are the controllers and we are the creators of what happens around us. And we can break free from all this stuff. It's just, that's the way they keep people stuck is they, is people are scared to step out because they're fa- afraid they're going to lose their friends. They're afraid they're going to lose their their relationships. They're afraid they're going to lose their job. They're afraid. I mean, how they use that during COVID, right? Like, oh, you're going to kill your grandmother if you don't get vaccinated. You're going to lose. If you don't get vaccinated, you're going to lose your job. You know, so how many people just went uh, went with it because they didn't want their family telling them, oh, you're putting grandma at risk or, oh, you're going to get fired. You know, I, I for me, myself, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I did the exact opposite. I was like, Lord, I know you're so real. I'm going to stick to my convictions. And he always paved the way for me to survive and and find my niche and make it. And, you know, I I just think that once you realize all the lies, why do you want to keep believing in a lie? Like if you were in a relationship and you found out the person was constantly lying to you, you're going to still maintain to be in that relationship and turn turn a blind eye. Like once you wake up to the truth, you know, and you can can cut ties and, and start fresh. Like that's what people don't understand. They're in this abusive relationship. And it's the same thing. People that are in abusive relationships love their abusers. I don't know why, but it is this psychological dynamic. Have you guys seen that? Like how many people that are in relationships where they're getting their ass beat, whether it's the man or the woman, and they just stay stuck in that relationship and they're scared to leave it because they just get comfortable in it. It's like, it's like people get addicted. Yeah. People get addicted to toxic, toxic relationships just like they get addicted to foods or sex or porn or or alcohol or or pharmaceuticals or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Anything can become addictive. And I think a lot of people are just like, this has been so ingrained in their psyche. You know, space is real. I could still, you know, like in 20 years from now, I'm going to save up my money and I'm going to travel on the galactic virgin to Mars <laughs> and 
You know what I mean? I can still be Luke Skywalker and <laughs> oh, and I can go to the concert if I get my next vaccine cycle and like, like, come on, man. Like, it's convenience, really? I think, for a lot of people. It's, I, I said this during COVID. I was like, you all have Stockholm syndrome. You literally all have Stockholm syndrome and you're, and you're begging for it. And I don't, I guess it's the convenience, a lot of people. And, and the, see, the funny thing is, I don't know if that was the same in this country, but in the UK, masks um, were actually um, mandated by psychologists. Not by doctors, not by not by entomologists or, or back, yeah, anything like that. It was yeah. it was psychologists that 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 suggested masks. Why? Because they know how the human psyche works. Mm. They know, you know. And I I saw what that did to people over you know over the course of those years. I remember being in a slightly off, slightly kind of on a tangent bit, but I remember being in a public bathroom and a little girl. She must have been I don't know three years old with a Barbie mask on. And I, I didn't wear a mask. I didn't wear a mask. And I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not restricting yeah, my breathing. Yeah. It's nonsense. So I didn't wear a mask at all. And I was literally the only one in the entire, all the supermarkets. And everyone would stare at me. I had grannies chasing me around with super with, with their trolleys, like screaming at me. I'm like, if you're so terrified of me, go away. Like, get away from six feet, six feet, get up, get away. Yeah. But this little girl, she, her mum went into the, into the toilet and I, was washing my hands and I looked at and she was she was pinned up against the wall staring at me like she was absolutely no. terrified of me and I and I cried I bet I walked out of that toilet and I burst into tears because I was like that little girl oh my god what are we doing what are we do what are we allowing for the future generations yeah. remember the, the, those children born in that time that never saw a face didn't see a face for two years. Like, what does that psychologically do? They know what that psychologically does. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, this has been a psychological warfare, spiritual mm-hmm. warfare, psychological warfare for a long, long time. And, um, and you know, I think going, kind of going back to Flat Earth is the biggest lie of all. If they ever well, came out, I you know, that's the biggest lie of all. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did want to make because- a point to, to we, and we will transition into that. And Alex, feel free to chime in anytime you want to. But uh, I did want to respond to the whole mask thing because uh, my son's five now. So he was little, you know what I mean? And uh, you know what? Like when 2020, he was what? Two years old, right? In the prime of yeah. like when you're learning to talk and you're watching your parents. Like how do kids learn how to talk? Yeah, they hear, they do it by hearing, but they also watch your mouth. Like watch when you're talking to a really small child that's learning how to talk. They're not looking at your eyes. They're looking at your mouth to see how you're formulating your words. And mm-hmm. I never played that with my kids. I told them, you're not going to mask my children. You're not going to do this. I didn't wear them. I didn't care what people say or thought. If people told me you can't shop here, I'd be like, cool, then I'll go spend my money somewhere else. And But people, I think, I don't know if it's because I'm in, like, some people think I look intimidating. I don't, but some people think I do. You know, I had some people don't want to mess with me because I'm tattoos and I look crazy or whatever. Like, so some people were scared to say anything to me, but I, I think I maybe had one or two people say something to me and I just went off with the truth nukes. Like, you know what I mean? And, and they were like, okay, like I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say if uh, me and Raul were in the movie Training Day, I'm Ethan Hawk upside down in the bathtub and Raul <laughs> has the shotgun to my head. So that's what Raul looks like to me. No, I'm not messing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, long story short, though, you know, I didn't play that with my kid. And at the time, you know, uh, we were sending them to a daycare facility. Right. 
And so many of the parents are so nervous that it's just with which haunts them like like alcohol with the with the alcohol and the and the hand sanitizer and the multiple masks. It's like, dude, that don't work with little kids, especially when they're that young. They're, everything goes in the mouth. Everything they touch goes right into the eyes. It's like you think this little piece of fabric that they're getting soaked with their saliva and spit is just collecting even more germs and they're breathing that in. And then they're touching their eyes and they're touching everything around them. But then you think alcohol is the fix off. And I, I, I've had this thing for a long time that I was saying like all this stuff, the hand sanitizer stuff that we've been rubbing on our skin. So many people are going to have skin cancer and stuff in a few years from using all these chemicals because it's not natural to strip your skin of its natural oils. It's not natural to breathe in your own carbon dioxide. And then just my last point on that before we transition on, my son is so much more far advanced because now he's in kindergarten and I've heard he's the leader of his class. He's He's the smartest one. He's the best reader. He's the best this. You know, he, he speaks very well. And there's so many kids that are his age and they talk like they're two or three. It literally set them back two, three years. They like, you know, five-year-old kids that are goo-goo gaga talk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because they didn't learn. And I was like, you guys, this is torture, man. It literally made me so upset and so angry. I had to really pull back the reins and props to there and Bob because she did help me with that. And and I had a, like some advice, but I used to get so angry. I was like, I don't care what you say. This is child abuse. This yeah. is child abuse. And this is thick. It, it used to piss me off so bad. Yeah, me too. And you know, hand sanitizer, funny enough, it's like we are mainly bacteria. We are mainly bacteria and we are more bacteria than we are anything else. And when hand sanitizer kills all bacteria, good and bad, so it kills everything, mm. that's when Darren was in um, isolation, and this is, you know, this is one of the main reasons why I knew it was bullshit when it happened was because I was like, no, I've been in isolation with a child that has an auto, you know, no immune system. I know the rigmarole I had to go through before I could even walk into his room. And so a paper mask, I know doesn't work outside of a surgical setting. I know gloves are one touch, one use. I know that there's no point, you know, I know all these things because I've already been through all of this. And I know that when I used to have to go through the, um, through the washing process for Donor's room, I was having to use a lot of hand sanitizer and my hands, the contact dermatitis, yeah. like it was horrendous. And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, you know? And um, but yeah, it was definitely child abuse. I mean, even even teenagers, I have I had a couple of friends whose whose teenage children, you know, killed themselves because they couldn't yeah. they couldn't cope. And it just it devastated people. And then we were, we put Wells on lockdown for the flu and the devastation, the actual devastation that that caused on a wide scale, you know, and there was people just begging for it. And I'm like, you don't understand. And people just, I don't know. It was, it was a crazy few years. And I think, I think we're, I think we're going to be reeling from that for a long time. But I also feel that that was just, that was just a test. That was just yeah. a test. They wanted to see how many people would comply. They wanted to see how many people would line up and roll their sleeves up. And they wanted they wanted to test it. I mean, what is it? Um, old Fauci, he's already talking about the next one. You know, Bill Gates is talking about the next one, which is probably, I think they're saying it's around about 2025. They're going to bring out the next one. Yeah, yeah, I think and so. It's just going to be a petrol, perpetual cycle of fear. Well, fear and- well that's, why, that's why we have to like, we, dude, if we lay down like we did the last time, we're screwed. Hey, Alex, man, go ahead. Uh, Alex said he's got a good, funny story for us. I was going to tell you guys my embarrassing counterintuitive story. So just <laughs> just to be an ass, and this is actually a pretty gross story, 
but I had a mask and I wore a mask and I used to call my mask Lucky. It was a disposable, like, you know, one-time use mask. And I probably had that in my pocket for like six months. So every time I would like pull it out and put it on my face, it smelled so bad and it was dirty. And I, I just wanted to show everybody how dumb it was while torturing myself. And then I'd quickly like take it off and, oh man, it was so painful doing that. But I just wanted to show everybody how stupid it is. Yeah. Like Raul sent me a really good video of, of our uh, health minister in, in our province. Yeah. Like uh, alcohol wiping her hands, takes her mask off, alcohol yeah. wiping yeah it's stupid oh my goodness and then there's me with my dirty mask that i never threw out oh i I was definitely an an intelligence test you know i i watched i said this when it happened i said listen said to a lot of people that i knew i said listen if this was as deadly as they were saying it is we'd all be dead by now i'm watching people i did a piercing apprenticeship many many years ago and the first three months i had to spend learning about cross-contamination and how to and how to clean, cleanly put a, a, a studio together so that people can come in and not get infection. And man, I was watching people at the supermarket take the packet with their gloves on, take the packet. It goes to the, the lady, then the lady scans it. They pick it up again with their glove on, put it in the bag. They got their masks on. They get out to the car. They put the bags in the car. They take their mask off. They take their gloves off. And I'm like, are you going to disinfect every single one of those things before they go back into your house? You're not, are you? You're going to get home. You're going to take the bags out. You're going to take the things out. You're going to put them on shelves. Stupid. You're not gonna... Yeah. Yeah. So I got I just a quick, just a quick question for you, Callie. Like just to point out how ridiculous this is. What's the biggest? What's the biggest organ in the human body? The biggest organ is is it, is it is it is it not the tongue? No, that's the biggest muscle. It's your skin. It's your skin. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it is. It's the, okay, yeah. so you're wearing this little mask. <laughs> you're wearing this little mask. You're covering your nose. These particles, by the way, are, are smaller than the, 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 the mesh inside of these masks, right? Like you say, I used to be an EMT, you know, and, and one of the things that I used to, I, I've had to do where we had to literally, we had the people hooked up to so much stuff. We literally had to go with them into surgery because we had to assist a lot with the surgery just to make sure bags fell or things got pulled out. We could start it again while they're focusing on the surgery. So I know what you're talking about, about, uh, you know, getting getting in protocol and, and having full, uh, you know, the full hazmat. I can't remember all the terms we were using, but, you know, you have to get in your whole garb and it's literally you, you do it when you come in and you take it all off when you go out. Like there's a whole process for it. There, nothing can be exposed. Everything has to be completely sealed and covered. So here is the most terrible, deadly virus that ever existed. Its particles are so small. It'd be like the equivalent of throwing a handful of sand at a at a chain link fence in reality, mm-hmm. you know. But people think that they're protected because they got these rubber gloves on and they got this thing, this paper cloth over their face or or whatever it was their bandana. Some people or whatever. But their eyes are exposed, all their skin's exposed. And it's like, what are your eyes? They're just these open, yeah. you know, organs and they're wet. So anything that is flying in the air is going to stick to them. And it's like, people are walking around like this. It's like, you're not protected from shit. All that is is a dog and pony show to make, yeah. you, make you feel safe. Yeah, it has absolutely no, yeah, it has absolutely yeah. no protection whatsoever. Yeah, matter of fact, it's making you less healthy because you're not breathing in oxygen. Yeah, and it's virtue signaling too. You know, people people got to be virtuous. 
look at me. I'm so good. I'm wearing a mask. You're not wearing a mask. You're a bad person. Like they got a virtue signal like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got to, and I, I watched people like literally turn into Nazis, you know, people that usually were just normal people, you know, worked on the till or whatever in the supermarket. Now they were given the duty of making sure that people were masked. So then they turn into little Hitlers. <laughs> you know, give give someone a bit of give someone a bit of power, and you saw the power go to these people's heads. And I was like, "This is you've all lost your damn minds, like you have. You've all lost your minds." And I, yeah, I wanted nothing to do with it. I just kind of <laughs> it was it was it was a scary time, just because it was just frightening for me to watch to watch people go. I mean, my mum still wears three masks now when she goes out, and she says that she will do that for the rest of her life. And I was like. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> have fun with that, you know. But it's you know, you, love, you know who loved the mask mandate more than anybody was the crackheads and the criminals. Because mm. I would, and, and, and when I, because I, I work in the security field, and at that time I was doing some retail security during the height of the pandemic when they were just letting people load stuff up in carts and just like push it out. And I would be the one, me and this other dude that was a Marine, we would like, we'd put our foot in people's carts, snatch crap from people, don't get the hell out of here. Like we would regulate, but we were getting in trouble because our our company was woke, W-O-K, that kind of woke, you know? And they're like, oh, you can't confront them. You can't touch them. We could get sued. It'd be like, is this loss prevention or loss documentation? I know what they were doing. They were just allowing that stuff to go out the door because they had insurance and they would just submit it to their insurance. And then, and if it was $500 worth of stuff on the insurance, they'd stay with $700 worth of stuff. So when people think these uh, these major corporations were losing their ass during the pandemic. They weren't. They were insured. The people that were losing their ass were the mom and pop shop that couldn't protect themselves. And then they're over here trying to take their second amended right away. And that's the only thing. And then we have a police force where our, the police response calls are two hours long. It was just, it was complete pandemonium, but it was funny. I'd see these crackheads coming in and they'd be like all masks covered up because they think they're, they're, they're hiding, but they're, you can recognize them from everything else, you know. It's a red flag. I'm not judging anybody, but it's my job, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because I watch these dudes from from the window and I watch them while they're outside and they'd be like picking cigarette butts or they'd be going through the ashtrays outside smoking cigarettes, other people smoke, but then they'd make sure to put their mask on when they come inside. And I'd be bribed like, bro, take that fucking mask off, dude. I'd be like, I know you ain't, you ain't scared of no COVID. I just saw you smoking cigarettes off the ground outside. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's the same I used to look in people's shopping trolleys and there it was, you know, cans of Coke and fast food and like junk food. And I'm like, yeah, really worried about your health, aren't you? Really worried about your health. Like, come on, maybe if you, maybe if you weren't so like, maybe if you weren't eating that kind of stuff and you weren't so overweight, you wouldn't have so many comorbidities that then put you at high risk of dying of the flu anyway. Like, you know, it's it's crazy how they shut gyms and they, sh- I mean, I, I have a, a few friends who are gym owners who got fined and fined and fined because they're like, I'm not shutting my gym. This is for mental health. Like, this is, people need this. This, But McDonald's stayed open. The queues for the McDonald's drive-in were huge, but gyms were shut. And all you had to do is put two and two together. And it it, it doesn't take the mind of a, you know, it doesn't take, it's not rocket science. Yet people, people were just, just led by the nose and they, they kind of threw all common sense out the window. You know, and they just went with science. Science became the new god. You know that yeah. was, that was that's what they followed, and they lost. And and that was the other thing. You know, lost all faith in their own god-given immune system. I have an immune system that works, thank you very much. I have God on my side. I was like, you know, and yet 
so many people outsource their health and their lives to Fauci and to Bill Gates. Who is it? Is it the Bill Gates is a bloody computer god? <laughs> what on earth? It's so crazy. The world is just, it's crazy out there, you know? And, and I know, yeah, it, maybe it's I'll like there. follow the science. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's like follow the science, right? Oh, follow the science, follow the science. Your science is that there's more than two genders. Like, <laughs> why do I want to follow your science? Like, yeah. This is like, the I the 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 left. And you know what's what, what's funny is that their science only applies when it's for their agenda. But if it doesn't apply yeah. with their agenda, then it's feelings based. Like that's where they're such hypocriticals, and they're so easy for critical thinkers to point out because it's like it's like okay, yeah, it's it's that that's just simply it right there. That just shows how ridiculous they are. Like you guys are going to believe the science of these people that believe that there's more than two genders. Okay, go right on ahead and do that. Yeah. And it's like, and the real, you know, the scientists that were standing up to this and the doctors and everything, they were cancelled. They were shut down or they were yeah. murdered. You know, they, yeah. they, they were completely shut down. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it was a whole crazy shit show that I, I honestly, sometimes I look back and I go, was that real? Did that really happen? Was there, I know. Was, was TikTok really full of dancing nurses in empty <laughs> wards? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I yeah, think yeah. it was. Uh, it, it divided people. It really did. Like, like we said in the last one, you know, the week from the chat. It needed to be done, and it really did do that. And I think every time something like this happens, it's just another filtration system. That's kind of how I see it. Is that the more the more I talk about things, the more I, my friends drop off, and I go, okay, you you haven't managed to get through the next level of filtration. That's fine. <laughs> and it and it's as we go on. You know, they will just keep well, going like this. Well, these are the people that, so we'll be the ones that will be gathering together with our friends and, and, and going to people that own land and starting our own stuff and, and, and getting into permaculture and trade and bartering and looking out for one another and pulling away from the system. And they'll be the ones running to the government for help and lining yep. up for, to be locked up at the FEMA camps. And yeah. that's the other big thing that I see this agenda that they're pushing is with this with this whole climate hoax is they they're really pushing the smart city agenda. Now. They want everybody the fifteen minute cities. You know, you yeah. have a social credit score. You know, oh, you had too much meat this week. You can't make this transaction. You ate too much meat already. Oh, well, you've had too much carbon emissions. And I was telling it. I, w- I was telling up some some people at the church that I go to, and I was telling them, I was like, you know what, the real carbon they want to get rid of. You, you're the carbon that they want to get rid of. Yep. I was like, there's absolutely no, the like carbon is plants eat carbon for, for the Lord's sake, you know, and they want to say that it's bad. It's natural. It's in everything. You're, I don't know how much percentage the human body is of carbon, but it's a, a it's significant, a yeah. it's like 80%, you know? And I'm like, the, we're the carbon matter that they really yeah. want to get rid of. And then, and then people want to take like Fauci and Bill Gates as the authority. When this dude is on camera, straight up saying we want to reduce the world's population by, uh, I don't, I, it was a huge number too. Yeah. What did he say? Down to five hundred million, I think he said. Yeah, dude, that's what's a- the world's population now? Eight billion people, somewhere around there. They wanted down to five hundred million, dude. And people were scared of COVID, like yeah. uh, something that killed less than that point zero zero three percent of the population. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, like the Georgia Guidestones, which which aren't there anymore. 
Do you hear about that? The Georgia Guidestones got blown up a little while ago. Alex, Alex uh, <laughs> made us do an AR-15 on that. Like he studied them and then he read them to me and we evaluated. We have an episode where we where where we go off on them. But yeah, Alex, tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the 10 anti-commandments, right? Yeah. I've been, I've actually been to the Georgia Guidestones before they got blown up. I went there. Yeah. I was like, I've got to go. I live in Georgia. I was like, I got to go to the Georgia Guidestones. I've known about these stones for a long time. I need to go see this shit for myself. <laughs> and, uh, and we got there and it was weird. It's weird because there was like, it was in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't a fence around it. You could like walk right up to it. You could get in between it. And there was holes drilled in certain places so that you could see certain stars through certain positions and and at different times of the year and and then there was this whole plaque there that said who you know that it was uh donated by a bunch of unnamed people and it was you know and it's just all for the good of the the good of the earth and it said yeah reduce the population to 500 million and i was like and then it got blown up <laughs> and nobody saw who did it. it got blown up by a car <laughs> and now they're gone <laughs> it's like so oh. i want to i want to i want to ask you so you know about the Georgia Guidestones because you're coming from the UK. What year did you come over to the United States? Uh, two years ago now. Okay, two years ago. So you saw the Georgia Guidestones two years ago. I want to ask you, do you know about the Denver airport conspiracy? I think they took down the mural, but do you know about the time capsule? And then it said, and then it has the Mason symbol and then it has alien language written on it. And then they say like that, uh, you know, that the Queen of England and the royal family had bought all kinds of land in Colorado. And they say they had those people that were blowing the whistle and they said that there's a secret underground tunnels and they go down hella far underneath um, the Denver yeah, airport. I and I've heard a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say too that Denver <clears throat> is one of the going to be the main hubs and ports and capitals of the New World Order and that the elites have like a lot of stuff. It, because uh, another person who, who recently was on our show said too, these occultists like like uh uh cities and places with high altitudes. Yeah. So um, you know, I yeah. don't know if it's because they literally feel closer to the to the cosmos. Cause it's funny because all these people, they teach us this heliocentric model, right? But that's the secret of the secret societies, is that they know the actual truth. They know the actual constructs of where we come from, what's out there, and they know and 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 but they teach us this other model. So they could push all these other agendas on it. But this, the secret is that they know the truth, but they made yeah. all this stuff up to deceive us. It's all a giant deception to steal God, like whether it's the Big Bang and evolution and, and, and the globe and the spinning rock and all this stuff. It's just once you get this understanding and you really do your homework, you realize it's just grand deception. And the whole purpose of it is so they could push all these agendas and usher in the new world order, the new world religion, and and erect yep. Lucifer as God of this world. Like yep. that's really what it's all about, and hide the the true creator from us. But once you once you actually start to look at this stuff, and that's why I say like people be like, oh yeah, people can be so well versed. It's a ton of conspiracies. They're cool with the JFK thing. They'll talk to you about nine eleven. They'll talk to you about COVID. They'll talk to you about this. They'll talk to you about that. But lo and hold, uh, it's bring up flat earth and they're just like, oh, and it's the like <laughs> shut off button. And it's like, bro, like you're missing yeah. the the granddaddy of it all. Like you're not yeah. going to make, an, un once you understand this one, it really gives you even a deeper understanding of the other ones. So in saying that, I know you wanted to get into this tonight. So uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> What's your thoughts on some of this stuff? 
Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that they can take that they're lying about everything else, but not the globe. They're not lying about that. That's definitely not a lie. You know, that's that's way too far fetched. And I think, you know, for, for a long time, I really I mean, I guess I was never against the flat earth. I was never I was just more kind of like, nah, I don't really know. But the more that I again, it was another thing, the more it was one of those rabbit holes I went down when my son was ill. And I was just like, it don't make sense. Another one, it just doesn't make sense. We're on mm. a, we're on a, you know, we're on a spinning ball that's going a thousand miles an hour. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like that for sure. And how come airplanes won't go certain ways? And how come we aren't allowed to go run our Antarctica? And how, you know, how mm. how come this and that? And and you know, when you start asking questions, and there's no answers. And then I started looking into, you know, the space stations. I started to, mm. I started to see videos of like you know, with the you know, then with the harnesses on and the hairspray, <laughs> like, and I go, hang on, this looks, this doesn't look real. So this doesn't look real. And then you started seeing the glitches and you started to see the bubbles of the water because they're in a swimming pool, like, and you think, well, okay, well, why, why would they lie to me about that? And then when you go, oh, because they don't want us to truly know who we are. They don't want us to truly understand we are the center of the universe. They don't want us to know that we do have a creator. Um, because again, I think I said on the last episode um, is that everything gets smashed out of the park when you start asking those kinds of questions because then it's like, well, where are we then? Who created? Where is the creator? Are, we, are there watchers? Are there, are there much bigger? Are we on a deck? Are we, is this Whoville? Are we on a speck of dust somewhere? Like, where are we? What are we? What's our purpose here? We start asking those deeper questions. And that deeper questioning is what they don't want us to do. Again, that's why the education system is sit down, shut up. We'll tell you everything you need to know. And that's it. They don't, they, they shut down the children that say, but why? Or can you explain this to me? They shut those children down. And we're the adults that didn't shut up. <laughs> yeah. We kept going. And it, and it just, it just keeps, you know, the questions just keep coming. And and so it's the same with me with flat Earth, you know. And my my children and um, my children will disagree with me all day long. My son is just like, "Oh, mum, please, you know, don't be one of those people." And I'm like, "But, dude, like, it makes no yeah. sense to me." And and he tries to he tries to talk to me like in physics terms, and he knows that I don't I don't have enough of a mathematical kind of understanding. To be able to argue with him, you know, so he can well, feel either to see, either to see, they can quote no, these astronomical numbers, but that's what they do is that they just happen to make all these. Even even Tesla said it himself. He said all they're doing is taking science to fit their agenda and reverse engineering uh, math 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 equations to fit their narrative. Like yeah. it's not a word for word quote, but he basically said that. Okay, and that's what they do. They make up these huge astronomical numbers like, oh, the sun's 93 million miles away. This, the moon's 238,000 miles away. Um, the Earth's 20 to 23.4 degree axis. And we're, you know, and this and that. And, and, and then when you start breaking everything down and we're on this ever expanding universe, it's just like, who's really going to break down and do all this? But, but then when you really start doing all the mathematics and you see all the triple sixes in a row and stuff, it's like, come on yeah. now. But then when we just let our, our senses speak to one another, right? When we let our eyes, which God gave us, speak, we let our senses actually speak to us. It doesn't make any sense, the stuff that they're teaching us. And actually, when you do real, testable, repeatable science, it blows their shit out the water. I'm sorry, it really does. But like, come on, man. 
the sun's 93 million miles away, but the moon's only 237,000 miles away. But these things are relative in size to one another. It can perfectly eclipse each other. You know, the astronomical numerical chances of that, if the distances were actually what they say they are, you know, tell me, how does crespicular rays work when they come through the sky yeah. at an angle? If they were at the distance that they are at, you know, everything about it screens that the sun and the moon are local and that they're just inside or outside of the firmament and that they're lights, you know what I mean? Uh, one's a positive and one's a negative and they're each their own light sources. And they'll be like, oh no, it's the sun's, the moon is reflecting the sun's light. No, it's not. Because if that was the fact, why is moonlight colder than moon shadow? Like there's so many things, whether it's yeah. vast distances of lasers that we can shoot across bodies of water, you know, whether it's uh, long um, rail systems that they built with absolutely no added architect is adding any math for the curvature. It's just perfectly on this level plane, you know, suspension bridges, you know, cities coming into view across Lake Michigan. Like they put, you can see Lake Michigan 60 miles away, but it should be behind like, I forgot how many thousands of feet of curve, you know, it's just uh, lighthouses, whales using sonar, you know, they don't, sonar doesn't travel around a curve. Yet they say whales can communicate for a thousand kilometers with one another. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like what they're teaching us doesn't make sense. All their manuals talk about landing on a flat, non-rotating surface, you know, flight, flight patterns. And I know I'm going to pass it off to Alex so he can get you with some silver bullets. But Alex um, uh, just is, has been getting deep with the time zones. I mean, just nothing makes sense when you really evaluate it and look at it. They just like to push this stuff at you. And they make it so astronomical and so huge and these numbers so vast and grand and these theories so complex with their mathematics. And they put a guy with a white coat who actually went to a Jesuit college and they put him on the screen and they put all these titles in front of him and they present him as the authority and they make it sound so extravagant that normal people and even really smart people are like, wow, that's so amazing. Like, whoa, I could never understand that. That's beyond me. Wow, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, bullshit baffles brains. Yeah. Yeah. As they say in the army, bullshit baffles brains. If you, if you, you know, and, and you do, you have the people that go, well, I, you know, you know better than me. So I will listen to you because I don't, even, you know, even my husband's brother was, you know, not long ago when I had the conversation where he goes, well, I take, you know, I would rather listen to the people that have dedicated their lives to this than, than, you know, than myself. And I'm like, yeah, but they've been, they've been spoon fed. They've also been spoon fed the information that's been passed down. And it's been, you know, you go back to, oh, was it 500 years ago? Was it 500 years ago? I watched that yeah. um, Helio, yeah. Helio Sorcery. And they talked oh, about, you know. like it? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see the end. I fell asleep. But I, <laughs> but it was like, it was really interesting. I was like, okay, this, this makes a lot of sense, you know. And I went out not long ago. We, obviously, I live in the mountains. And we went to, um up to a mountain somewhere and we were we were looking out over um and it was and I just and immediately said to my husband I was like look at the curve look at the curvature of the earth Jesse and he's like man look at it you know there's people around and I make sure I say it loud enough so then look at it and be like Ugh. and I could see Atlanta and we were a good like we were we were a long long way from Atlanta and yeah, I could see it and I was like if I shouldn't be able to see that I should not be able to see that from here and you know it just it feels it just feels to me i may not have all the intellect and i may not have all the numbers and i may not have all the understanding but i go by this and i and it feels to me like i'm on a flat earth and it feels like i'm on a plane 
and it feels like it goes out. The outer space goes outwards. And it feels to me that, you know, I would say the extraterrestrials is the extra planes, planet planes yeah. that go outwards. I think he said in the Bible, there are seven walls. So there are seven yeah. different lands that go outwards. So there are seven planet planes. Um, you know, a plane is flat. <laughs> Why is it called mm-hmm. a planet? <laughs> yeah. Outer space, extraterrestrial. And it would make more sense to me that there were other, there were other races or other creatures that just come over the walls that's how far they have to come yeah. come over the walls and they come and have a look at us <laughs> yeah and they go and they stop our nuclear weapons because if we blow the middle up it, it affects them too right yeah on this, you, you know it will it will affect them too and so it you know it kind of makes more sense to me that they come over the wall and they go i'll oh, behave yourselves pack it in right whatever's going on um and but even that kind of makes me wonder well is that where the other is that where the other kind of races and, and creatures live? Is that is that where the the predator class go? Is that where is that where Matthew, Matthew Perry just went with his with his sacrifice? Is that where he went and like back over the wall? Like I don't know. He it, it just it, it's there's a lot of other questions that come from it. But I'm I'm really enjoying kind of going down this rabbit hole. So I'm glad I found you guys because like as I say, I was a fledgling flat earther. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of the um the words and the knowledge to kind of have arguments with people about it because I'm still learning. But this, my heart, tells me that I ain't on a globe and I don't believe NASA. <laughs> I don't believe the government. If they tell me something, I'll believe the opposite first and foremost, and then I'll go from there. It's hard. They've been caught lying. Yeah. Oh, I was right. gonna say, it's, it's hard to debate with somebody. I mean, we were just talking about the debate that was on the other day, and it's hard to debate with somebody who's under a spell and is yeah. defending a lie. Like a debate is usually two, you know, which cheese is better, Parmesan or or cheddar. That's a debate. Now we're going to make up points. But how how can you make points for something that's not true, right? Yeah. You're, you're under a spell. You've been miseducated. You have to unlearn these things. And, and a couple of globe silver bullets are pictures of optical illusions. And you guys have probably seen these kinds of pictures, a bridge or a lot of power lines going over water. And you can kind of see this like curvature. That's the law of perspective. That's, that's an mm-hmm. optical illusion. That's not real science. Like if you actually like, t- like took a, a real picture from far out back, you would see that it's, you know, just a, a straight shot. No engineers are designing this uh, curve. They're building it level because that's the best way to build a bridge, right? To build it level. And then, uh, so yeah, Raul had said that I, I'm a little bit excited. I discovered this uh, video off of uh, David Weiss's um, app the other day, and I don't think anybody's talking about it. So I started to do some digging other than this one guy. I, I don't know his name, but I, you know, when we do an episode on this, so I'll give him credit. But man, this is crazy. This thing that I just found out about Alaska, the time zone of Alaska, then there's the Bering Strait where there's the new day. Uh, that's the cutoff for the new day, right? So the Alaskan Alaskan West Coast shoreline is the last time zone. And then the Eastern Russian coast, which is 50 miles away from Alaska, is the new first time zone, right? And I was actually looking at some globe models, and they show a perfect 24-hour time zone reference with uh, GMT. I think it's like a great meridian time it's near great britain though oh it's greenwich mean time 
there you go, Greenwich Mean Time. So they have a plus 12 and a minus 12 to equal a 24 clock, right? Yeah. So they don't show on there, though, is when you have your time in Alaska and your time in Russia, there's actually three hours missing. There's three time zones that are missing there. And they're intentionally deceiving people. But if you go into Google and you Google the time in Alaska and then the time in Russia, it's actually not 24 hours uh, apart. It's 21 hours apart. This is a huge deal. Like I could see miles an hour, one hour, maybe two. Yeah. Hours. This is three time zones missing. And that shows you that in the Northern Hemisphere, like if you look at my Gleason map, everything's tighter but then when you get further south you get wider wider uh berths right and that's when the time zones start getting messed up so in the southern hemisphere below the equator i think there's actually like 32 time zones down there so wow. this this is super interesting and i'm excited to do an episode with raul where i can like really break this down but man three hours of missing time zone right there like yeah it supports the the seasons on the flat earth map where like in the uh in the summertime the sun comes more in towards mount maru more towards uh the north pole which is dead in the center of the flat earth map right it's closer in so our days are longer because the 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 sun is making a shorter rotation and then as as winter comes the sun moves out towards more towards the antarctic ice wall and is further away from us so the time that we see that the, the 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 amount of time you see the sun for a day is shorter. It actually makes sense. People are like, oh, how does this make sense? Like, dude, it does make sense, bro. Like, and, <laughs> and the, the the how how do okay? So we're on this ever expanding globe at these tremendous speeds and stuff. Like, it makes much more sense that that the animals and the birds know how to vibrate because they're just following the sun around the level plane and where it's mm -hmm. going, right? Then if they're wanna... just trying to chase this thing that's 93 million miles away you know what i mean and and trying to figure out yeah and just it it makes way more sense actually if you look at it from a flat from a level plane uh stationary perspective than it does from like we're just randomly spinning through space and on this ever-expanding galaxy and uh and you can make anything more over the fisheye lens right yeah the one other thing that i was going to say i didn't want to talk about the the Greg Locke and, and, and Dean Odal debate. Just real quick, again, I'll pass it back to you, uh, Callie. But I did want to say this. I was disappointed in that debate. I thought it should have been done better. I think there was some, some home-filled favoritism going on. I think that, uh, you know, it started out okay. It seemed like they were going to have respect and tolerance for one another and give each other mm -hmm. equal. But uh, once you started watching it, you realize, you know, Pastor Locke's mic is way louder. And yeah, he let Dean Odal have his rumble when it, the, the supposed debate, it wasn't the debate because there was no mediator. There was no questions being asked each side. And even when he started going off, he wasn't referencing what Dean Odell was really talking about. He was debating some other uh, flat earther because it was supposed to be the biblical flat earth debate. Yeah. And the guy that was defending the, the globe uh, had one scripture to the every five that the other guy gave. So if, if it was a biblical flat earth debate, Bro, the other guy beat you five to one. Okay. And then he wasn't directly debating him on this. Uh, on he, he, he basically got somebody else's paper who was newer to flat earth and newer to, newer to, to biblical cosmology. And then he, he just went off on this guy's paper instead of debating the points that the other guy made. 
So it was like this total red herring. And at the end, he got super emotional and just threw insults and then cut off his mic. I was like, uh, it was disappointing. You know what I mean? But I think we can learn from these things. And I think it'll show us uh, where to pick and choose our battles and how to attack these things. The one thing that I, I did say that uh, I wish Dean Oda would have drove home because I really believe that it is the globe killer from a biblical cosmological sense and also just from a flat earth perspective, sci- flat earth science, you know, is, is the sky clock and the firmament. And the fact that if you're going to debate it biblically, that God says there's a greater light and a lesser light, one to rule the day and one to rule the night. He could have really drove that one home. The firmament, God spent a whole day just creating the firmament. And then once he was done creating the heavens and the earth, he sat back and he said it was done and that it was good. So that does not line up with the heliocentric model. That does not line up with an ever expanding universe. And that does not, yeah, like he could, if he would have really drove those points home, I think it would have made his argument even so much better. Yeah. And even um, listening to the book of Enoch, and he talks about, um, you know, the four corners of the earth. <clears throat> and he talks about, um, I'm only on chapter like 78 or something right now, but he talks about, the portals and you go to the east and there's more and there's po- there's portals there's like six portals and then there's windows next to the portals and it was the, the last episode the last chapter that i listened to today he was actually talking about how the sun goes round and goes through these certain portals and then there's and the moon comes round in portals and they and they and they kind of they pass by one another but how it happens during the seasons and all but it talks about you know the four corners of the wow. earth four corners of a glow like the four north, south, east, and west. Like it's the he, everything they were saying in the book of Enoch. I'm listening. I'm going. That could only work on a flat Earth. That could only work on a plane. Like that. What you're saying is is that. And you know, in the firmament and the and the and the as below, as above, as uh, you know, as below. And yeah, it's it's really, you know, I was never. I I will say, you know, as much as I kind of uh, a fledgling flat Earther, I'm even more of a fledgling kind of Bible listener reader understanding i've never i've never read the bible um i've never been a religious person i've never been um you know i I don't go to church i don't do anything i don't do anything like that i've always been kind of led by my heart and what kind of feels right and i've always felt that you know with with everything with my son and everything really as i said he brought me back to god He, he he really gave me my faith um and yeah it's been really interesting to kind of kind of now listening to the book of Enoch and tying that in with with the biblical version of flat earth and and things like that it's just it's very very interesting and and whatever people believe about the bible you know there is i believe there is a lot of truth in it now how it can be um interpreted is is it can be i i think i think the bible can be interpreted by whatever you're coming at it from like you know when you watch the matrix yeah. and what matrix like 15 years ago and then you watch The Matrix 10 years ago, completely different film. You watch it five years and you go and you're like, oh, yeah. And I think the Bible is the same. Is how are you while you when you're coming to this book? What perspective are you coming to it from? Um, are you coming from a place of fear or are you coming from a place of love? And I think that will give you something different. I think you could read the Bible a hundred times and it will give you something different every time. And and so I'm I'm really enjoying kind of learning more about biblical things and and the bible and and tying that in with not necessarily religion because i think religion is <laughs> just, yeah. i think 
I think organized religion is the root of all evil. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that's kind of Catholicism in itself is the Antichrist. I think it's, you know, I think it's inherently evil. Um, and I think that it's been religion has been used to control control people rather than give them the freedom that that God intended us to have, the free will. Like the religion doesn't give you free will, you know? Yeah, yeah no. You know, so it's, it's really, really interesting to me to kind of pull all this together and, and be learning more about it. So again, I really appreciate finding you guys and and you having me on and teaching me and allowing me to kind of just, yeah, talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm with you. You know, I, I honestly, dude, I resist mainstream religion. I, I do attend church and I, I've been, it's been spotty at best, you know, uh, by attendance. Uh, but I, you know, I, I always pray, you know, this is a form of, of church for me, you know what I mean? And, and, and to me, it doesn't mean nothing if you're not applying it in your daily life and if you're not practicing what you preach and how you teach, how you treat people. And, and really when it comes down to it, it's just all about love. It really is all about love. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I just, for me, if it works for some people and it helps you, it, it, it enriches and enhances your life. I have nothing against you know, some of these mega churches, I, I know that there's churches out there that do have tremendous ministries and do wonderful works all around the world. And I really do believe that God has a body of believers that are performing tasks on his behalf. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm really down with all that, but I'm really leery, like you say, of organized religion, especially when it gets to a certain point. I definitely, there's been too many, um, you know, televangelists that have been exposed. You know, what, what, where are you coming from? What is behind your heart? What's behind your lordness? Is it self-serving or is it helping your brothers and sisters? And and you yeah. really, it's like everything else. You got to take it with a grain of salt and you got to really evaluate it and look at it deeper. And and there, there's so many things about mainstream religion that I do not like. And, and it has been used and the enemy has used it for his advantage. And you go look at books like Morals and Dogma from Albert Pike. And these occultists are following these playbooks that were wrote from hundreds of years ago. And they've been under the guides of the same demonic influences the, who, you know, for since the beginning, they, these entities are, are, are eternal beings. They don't have like, a, you know, limited lifespans like we had, you know what I mean? They're spiritual in nature. So they've been around since the beginning. They're playing long ball. But you go look at things like Albert Pike's Morals and Dogma. And when he talks about how they're going to institute their one world religion one world uh control he says that they're going to use judeo-christianity uh judaism and islam and pit them together in a final war against one another to to uh bring in to usher in the one world religion and you can see it all playing out you know how how all this stuff is tying together and then you start to study like the hidden symbolisms all this stuff but that's the one thing for me that really does show me that jesus is who he said he was and he is the manifestation of God in the flesh. And he became mad to have a human experience and live amongst us. But what did Jesus do when he was here? He stood up to the world's biggest government at the time and the world's most powerful religious institution. Yeah. And, and, he, and he stood up to him and they, and, and they were the ones that killed him. The yeah. world government and the world's biggest religion. So he is not who they paint him out to be. He has been misrepresented throughout history. Um, you can connect directly. Through prayer, you can connect directly. You don't have to go through third-party sources. You don't have to go through saints. You don't have to go through a rosary. You just have to talk to him like your father. He's always there. Yeah. You know, it's always around you. It's always accessible. And and that's what they don't want us to know. But like, that's when I, like, it only drives all my faith even more in Jesus Christ 
not talking about religions, not talking about nominations, not talking about anything, just talking about him, what he did, his sacrifice, the Holy Spirit, and being able to connect to it and asking it for truth, wisdom, and understanding, and it will reveal itself to you, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes as you dig it, he'll bring things to you in waves or seasons, but it will. Once you start that journey and you start asking and you knock in, it will come to you. You just got to be yeah. patient and do the groundwork. He's not going to do everything for you, okay? But the one thing I will say is how much the world hates him. And when I say him, I'm talking about Christ. Like everything about this world right now is anti-Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what really shows me. Like if he wasn't who he said he was and he didn't tell us all the things that he said. And then you go, just, just go get a red letter Bible and read everything that, that, that he said. And, and, and evaluate the world around us now, if that's not enough to show you he is who he, who he says he was, you know, like, I don't know what will. I mean, of course, uh, and, then, and then personal, you know, uh, having personal experiences for me, like I can't question it anymore. But I, I'm not one of these people that would ever push my faith or my belief on anybody. I believe you just do it by just be you. And be on the show and give love. And when people say, what gives you? Like, because I don't walk around with constant anxiety and constant fear. And oh my God, I don't even fear fear death. I mean, is it scary if you sit here and think about it? Yeah, but I don't sit here and think about it all the time. But I know it's just a transition. This is not the final stage. We're just in a cocoon right now. Our eternal bodies will come out. This is just a phase. We have to go through this human experience to learn these lessons. So when we get to the next realm, we will... We will have had these experiences and we'll learn to appreciate the spiritual realm so much more because everything about the spiritual realm is more real and eternal. And, and, I mean, even people say in near-death experiences, they say, ooh, there was so much more real on the other side than it is here. Everything about this world that we're in, this realm that we're in is so fabricated and fake right down to the people who run it, our TVs, these black mirrors that we carry around in our hands. Everything is everything's <laughs> a giant deception. Everything is constantly like what's real and what's not like it, 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 it can be overwhelming and confusing, but just anchor yourself down like, no, just and, and, and before you even get to the Jesus thing and all that, just just pray to the source, pray to God, ask for wisdom, ask for understanding, breathe, look around you, let your senses speak to you, let your conscience speak to you. People say, I don't hear from God. I've never heard God's voice. Yeah, you have. You just choose, choose to turn it out. It's that little voice that told you, hey, maybe you shouldn't go there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hang out with that person. Uh, maybe you should turn right instead of turn left or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people, I never heard from God. You hear from him all the time. You just turn his voice off because you want to listen to yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, it's that's the way I look. Yeah, we've been we've been so hijacked. Every every aspect of us, and again, a, a religion, especially organized religion, and this whole well, no, you need a gatekeeper. Like, um, you know, I'm in the south, so there's a lot of Baptists, and um, it's the no, you know, you have to go to a Baptist preacher, and only only the Baptist preacher can talk to God, and you have to go through him. And it's like you don't get to be a gatekeeper, like, and all of that is again. Getting, you know, people hear these voices and they don't think it's God because they've been taught to it. Well, no, you'll tell them, you know, someone else will tell me if God speaks to me. I, I don't have the right to talk to God because I'm not a preacher. I'm not this. I'm not a priest. I'm not whatever. I'm just a lonely person. I have to go to church to have these experiences. And it's like, no, you can on your own have these experiences. Absolutely listen to this. Listen to your heart. Listen to your intuition. 
And then, you know, religion is hijacking. There's, I think there's so many, again, our human psyche is that we are hijacked from so many angles. You know, the doctors, doctors and nurses, they want to help people. They don't want to hurt people. So their goodness has been taken and hijacked by a completely corrupted and evil system. And now these beautiful doctors and nurses who just want to love at the core are doing evil work on behalf of somebody else. Their goodness has been hijacked. Religion has hijacked our need for a connection to God. And it's hijacked that and told us that, no, we can't have that. It has to be done this this way, that way, you know, through whatever means. Uh, even in the army, you know, the, the, the military, men especially have an innate, uh, inherent need to protect. So what do they do? Oh, join the military. You can, you can protect. Then that's hijacked and used for evil against other people. And all of these yeah. intrinsic things that are human to us have been hijacked by various entities within the same evil thing. And, and we're, we've been hijacked left, right and center. And I think if we can, if we can discern and we can stop being hijacked and just come from our, our, our love and our, you know, our wanting to protect and our wanting to have a connection with God and know that we can do that without giving that, without giving that power to external forces. It's all within us. All of it is within us. And, and we can have that relationship with God. And I know I've had many conversations with God and I speak to my husband's mother, who's a staunch Baptist and she, because my husband hasn't been saved, he's not even allowed to say the word God. He gets chastised. He's been told ever since he was born that he's a heathen, yeah. you know, and it's like he has more relationship with God than most of his family because his relationship with God is very pure and very in the same as mine, whereas this kind of manipulated, it's a very organized religion. I've, I've never seen organized religion do anything good for anybody. I was brought up, my mother's a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've talked to so many people on the show and, 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 and no disrespect, there's Catholic people out there that are tremendous and that do a lot of awesome things. Mm -hmm. And I have some relatives that I know that, that, that still practice in Catholicism, but just let me tell you, yeah, there is no gatekeepers. There is no, uh, ritualistic prayer. Dude, like Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one gets to the father except through me. That's it. You are saved by faith alone. You're not saved by your works. You're not saved by a gatekeeper. There is not no, you know, uh, there's no ritual prayer. There's no repeated prayer. Dude, God's a freestyle. Everything about him mm -hmm. is freestyle. And he may, every, every single one of us are unique in our own ways. So every one of us connect to God in a different way. And that's what I, that, that's what I always hated about the church is one church you know, one church practice this, and then this denomination practice this, and they're arguing with each other. Well, you yeah. guys are wrong. But we're right. It's like, no, what's cool is if right. they just respect one another. Yeah. Like yeah. if you guys connect to it by screaming and dancing and hooting and hollering and getting down and dancing and cool. If one person gets to it by, by, by being silent amongst themselves and, and, and praying in silence and, 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 you know, uh, or somebody wants to roll around and kiss, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like how you connect is how you connect. You're your own individual. You have your own individual relationship. Nobody else has the right to tell you how you can or can't connect. You know, like that is a personal relationship between you and the maker himself. And we all have a body and, and we're all the body of God on earth. So one person's a hand, one person's a foot, one person's an eyeball, one person's a liver. Like they all have different functions in, in the body. 
So like if they quarreled amongst themselves, what good would it be? Like if one hand chops off the other, it's no good. And that's the way I look at organized religion. It's, it's, it's this body of God. Just, it's like beating yourself up. You know what I mean? It's not good. Like we need to realize, like I can respect the way you do it. Just respect the way we do it. Let's not argue about it. And if you, if you could just ditch it. And I, that, I, honestly, that's probably too why uh, hallucinogenics and things like that are so uh, demonized in a lot of way in plant-based medicines. God creating those things naturally for us to use, not abuse, but to yeah. use, you know what I mean? And, and use them properly. Anything, anything you, you can abuse anything if you're misusing it, using it too much, you're not using it for the right reasons. Good things can become bad when you're doing that. But I think even like hallucinogenics and these things, that's why we, we were taught at a very young age, you know, like, oh, you know, these stories about a guy doing LSD and losing his mind and jumping off a building because he thought he could fly. Like, I've never freaking thought about doing that. And I've been higher than shit off LSD in my life. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, I had some of the most profound experiences I've ever had. It had some of the most deep contemplative inward thought that I've ever had and seen like amazing things. So like, who are you to tell me? Even Alex did ayahuasca. I know. I want I know. <laughs> I need to hear about this. Because I knew when you said it, I was like, what? Really? Hang on a minute. Please. I need to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to go into that right now here? All right. Yeah, why not? Let's go. <laughs> well, my my friend is a, uh, a very connected uh, person to Peru. Him and his wife had gone many, many times. And this is probably back in 2015 or 2016. And it was kind of the beginning of my journey of trying to like level up as a as a human being, as a person. And um, I remember they had kind of sponsored this uh, Peruvian shaman to come come up from Peru to uh, just outside of Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is where I used to live. So that's a long way for somebody from Peru to go <laughs> up north in Canada. And I think it was like in wintertime. So she was in total shock. But uh, it was it was a really interesting story how they managed to smuggle the ayahuasca. Uh, past the, uh, you know, airport security. And they were just, she had told them that it was like cough medicine or something like that. <laughs> and uh, par- apparently that was good enough. And they, they let it, they let it fly, but it's in two separate vials. They don't actually combine the, the two different root roots from the plants until the, at the actual ceremony. That's what, yeah. makes, that's what makes the plant medicine. So that was a very interesting uh, night. I had to not have any coffee. I didn't. Ha- I wasn't allowed any food for like 24 hours. I was really tired. I was really hungry. Like I was starving to death. And I think the ceremony started around 8 o'clock at night. And I just remember being really grouchy because I was just hungry. Like, like hangry to the point where <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be useful. So my, it's all about intention. You're purposely starving yourself you're purposely like weakening yourself so that you can give yourself up to this experience right it's it's almost like breaking your will and uh so i remember her taking the 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 two um liquids and combining them and mixing them and then she poured i think there was about six or seven people that did it with me and then there was about four guides there were three three guides and then the shaman that were kind of helping in case anybody was having like a wild yeah. break. 
But it really <laughs> is all about the intention of going into the ceremony. And my intention was not dealing with my childhood traumas. I had kind of, uh, I guess I kind of proved it to myself going into this thing that I'm, I already like dealt with a lot of my childhood traumas, dealt with a lot of forgiveness and, and things like that. So go, so it was nice. It was nice to go into this, uh, ayahuasca experience with the fact that I just wanted to become a better person and trying to figure out how to, how I was going to go about that. I, I asked for some type of an unlocking of potential in me. So I remember drink. So we did like, you know, a ceremony and then I, I drank the drink. It was horrible. It tasted, it is- <laughs> it tasted terrible. I've had. <laughs> and, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's kind of funny because you're starving and I'm like, oh God, at least there's something, right? Like, <laughs> we'll put this into me. Like, let's do this thing. And then I, I drank it. I'm like, oh man, that was bad. Maybe I should have just like not, like not done this. And then, but it's already too late. You're, there's no going back now, right? You're deep inside the rabbit hole. So I remember it took a long, it actually took a long time of meditating. And so it doesn't just happen right away. Like you, you drink this and then it goes in. I mean, it speeds it up that your system's totally empty, right? But you, you drink this ayahuasca and then, um, you know, there, there's some meditation. There is a lot of, um, like I said, there's a lot of intention going into the experience. And like I said, my intention, but I, I'm a, I'm very aware of other people. So I was like totally freaking out because all these people are screaming. <laughs> beaming that they're dying all around me and i'm like can you guys just shut up i'm just trying to have a nice time here i'm just trying to trip out and have a good time and these people are like ah. somebody's flying and shooting laser beams out of their eyes and like killing their dad and then there's me just like what is wrong with you people i'm just trying to have a nice time here. <laughs> so finally everybody calmed sorry sorry I, but finally everybody calmed down and then uh, I got to have my experience and then I was, um, I had a couple very interesting things. Like I had mentioned to rule, like there was this, um, black, really black thing around my heart, but it looked kind of like, a like, a, a guy in a, uh, you know, what are those, like a knight, like a black knight from Monty Python kind of thing, like a black yeah. knight and the armor cracked in half. And then there was this light coming out of it. And then. Uh, I had this really obscure vision, and this still haunts me to this day. It's in my journal, uh, that I had this invention, and it came to me, and it was going to be in everybody's home, and I, and everyone was like happy and around this invention, and they're thanking me for it. It's some type of a frog, and I don't, I know that doesn't make any sense, but there's this kind of electronic <laughs> frog thing that I have to invent that's going to change the world, and it still drives me bananas. So if anybody knows what it is out there. <laughs> Let me know, but um, but it was cool. I mean, and then afterwards, you kind of uh, have you done this before, Kelly? Have you had ayahuasca? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. I'm not brave enough. Not yet. I'm like oh. I, I, yeah, no. You, you, yeah, carry on telling the rest of your story. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I'm brave. I'm not braver oh, than either. I'm just, <laughs> just uh, I was just kind of not smart enough to know what I was getting into. I was like, okay. <laughs> There's this experience, and I've never done hallucinogenics before. I've never done LSD. I've never done mushrooms or, or anything like that. I've all like I was like pure drug virgin. Jeez. I, I knew you went straight in with Mother Ayahuasca. Right. Wow. 
Like I'm going straight to plant medicine. That's it. And then, so afterwards you pur you purge this thing and ever like my wife is scared that you, you throw up the, the ayahuasca, but it's very different. It's not, it's not like you're like, like convulsing. It's not like you have the flu and you're vomiting. It actually feels like a release and it yeah. comes, it just comes out of you. It's in, it's not painful. It's not, it's just afterwards, it's just a relief and it kind of, you can just feel that it took all the, the crap, the bad things out of you. It, it actually feels like the medicine took with it what you wanted to get rid of and left you with what, what you came for. And then af after that, you're just, I was just so damn exhausted. I don't even, <laughs> I didn't know what time it was probably like three or four in the morning. And then I just kind of passed out and then I maybe slept like three or four hours, got up and then we journaled. And then we had breakfast, but I felt good. Like I felt, I actually felt rested and I didn't feel like hungover. I didn't feel any of that stuff. And it was very interesting to hear everyone's stories. And, but yeah, I mean, that, well, there, there's my ayahuasca tale. It's, it really, <laughs> it, it really is about the intention that you go with it. Yeah. And if you have a lot of demons, I would worry about those demons. Like if you don't, yeah. you don't face those demons. And then you do something like this, those demons might come back to you. That's why I'm not brave enough as of yet. <laughs> That's I really feel I need to get there. I, I've only been, I've been working with hallucinogenics um, for what, three, three and a half years now. And um, I was so, ayahuasca is one of those that I like, I, I want to eventually, but it's one that I want to do it properly. I don't, I don't, I don't want to just do it, you know, with any old Tom, Dick or Harry. I want to make sure that it's with a proper shaman who knows what they're doing, can guide me, can come in, into that realm with me if they need to. Um, and I think that's kind of what I see in my husband is that when the, the night before I met him, I, I actually sat down with my friends and I wrote a very long list of what I wanted, um, in, the next man that was going to come into my life and very close to the top of that list was extensive experience with psychedelics so they could help me because I knew that I knew that the plant medicine was the next stage of my own healing and my getting to the bottom of you know I have a lot of childhood traumas and abandonment and abuse and all kinds of things going on um within my life before even the thing happened with my kid and that left enough of a kind of scar on me too but you know, so I had a lot of work to do. And I, even with mushrooms, I was like, oh man, I know about some of the demons that I have in there. I'm scared of the things that I don't know that I have in there that may come to the forefront when I start working with these part medicines. And so I started really carefully and slowly and kind of the largest dose I've ever done of mushrooms is three, is three grams. And that was, um, that was, it was, it put me in a place and I haven't done that for a couple of years. And they're calling me again. Uh, I know that I need to do it again. I'm getting to that point in my life again. But I think, you know, with lots of drugs, when people talk about, I, I, I don't call these drugs. I say they're plant medicines. I don't say they're drugs. And, and you know, they're certainly not addictive. You know, you do a big, you didn't want to do ayahuasca again the next week, did you? You were like, no, okay, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That'll see me for probably 10 years. And, and I, that actually sounds a lot like Cambo. Have you heard about Cambo? No. So cannabis no. is is frog medicine, actually. Um, it's very interesting when you said the frog. Uh, so cambo is a it, it's an Amazonian frog. It's the green frog, and they um, they take the it excretes of yeah. poison. 
Yeah, and they take it and what they'll do is they'll burn you. Um, they'll burn you and then they on the burn that opens up the skin and then they can put the the poison on there and it's a very similar experience, but it's very quick. I, I haven't done Cambo either, but it's all about that purge. And that purge actually on a on a physiological level, what it's doing is it's draining the lymphatic system and it did absolutely remove the ayahuasca removed a lot of toxins from your body and did take a lot of old stored trauma, old stored junk that is left inside your body from old wounds and things like that. And it does, it takes it out of your body and it takes it away and it leaves you kind of refreshed. And Cambro does a similar thing, but it's a it's an ordeal. Um, I think mushrooms are a much, can be a much kinder thing, although, again, they will give you what you need, not what you want. <laughs> but intention is always, is always the, the thing. It's always about intention. And my intention is always, first and foremost, have fun, um, whatever that looks like. Yeah. But it, uh, fun can come in many different, <laughs> many different yeah. kind of forms, you know. Um, but always to try and have fun, and then whatever happens, yeah. after that the healing needs to be done. It gets done. You guys make me feel so bad because, like, I have like I, dude, I don't know if you heard that podcast where we talked about hallucinogenics with Brandon from Australia, but literally, dude, like, I, I, there was a point in my life where I would. And I'm not even kidding. I would eat five to eight grams of psilocybin and I would go out to the bar and I would literally be drinking and having beers and having full-blown conversations with people. And I'd be flipping through galaxies. I'd see complex geometrical patterns everywhere. People would be shape-shifting into like animals. I could see their animal spirit. I could see when people were like angels or demons. And I would walk into a place and everybody would look possessed and I'd turn around, I'd walk out and then I'd walk into another place and people would have halos over them. Like I was literally walking around in the spirit realm, but like I would, I could maintain my composure so well, people wouldn't even know. But then when I'd be talking to people, I'd be saying such crazy shit. People would be like, bro, what the hell are you on, man? Where are you getting this from? <laughs> like, I, yeah, dude, that's, I mean, I was wild with it, dude. My, my hobby was baking them. And I don't, I don't know if you know about this process, but he had like, you used to be able to buy spores from the back of a High Times magazine yeah. and they were spore chips. And my homie found this way and he would get these big, uh, you know, plastic bins and he would fill them with rice and he would add this mixture. And don't ask me, I wasn't the one doing it, but I know it was a mixture of hydrogen peroxide and water. And I don't know, and he'd have this certain mixture and then the rice would fluff up a certain way. And once it was ready, he would drop the spores in it. And he would put it in a dark room with with uh, black lights, and, and he would always have a twenty four hour loop of classical music playing these things. Nice. And 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 when these things would grow, uh, you could pluck them fresh because, like, if you eat dried up, they're they're really rancid. It tastes horrible. Mm-hmm. But like the way you could eat these psychedelic mushrooms are just fresh, and they taste like like mushrooms you put on a salad. Yeah, And like, dude, these things would have you like, oh my gosh, bro. Like you could literally, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I've done that. I've done acid so many times. I, I, DMT, D, you want to talk about directly being like shot through a laser beam immediately. As soon as you freaking in, start exhaling it, you're, you're, you're off and running. But that only lasts like, uh, you know, like Deep 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, 20 minutes or so. You know what I mean? But it's crazy. But I, I always say 
psychedelics, not everybody can handle psychedelics that well. Like if you're battling with internal shit, it's going to come out. And like for me, like I, I am one of those people that just, I know how to naturally use them and control them. And if I do feel that stuff going in and I know how to channel it right back to the other way. And yeah, but I, I, I'm, I've, I've had to play, I've had to play doctor and guide to so many people that were having bad trips. I like to be around people that can handle their shit, man. Cause yeah. it's not fun when you're like, I wanted to enjoy my shit and you're messing me up right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. but like Alex, dude, when Alex comes to New Mexico, man, I'm taking him to the ranch and he's definitely going to, uh, have some psilocybin, man. Oh, heck yeah. Invite me. Invite me. <laughs> I definitely want to come to that. That sounds like a party I'm well up for. Yeah, my, my, my husband is, my husband, Jesse, is very, very much like that. He's been dabbling in with psychedelics since he was 14. And he has, again, he went through the whole, he would take a lot and then go. He used to, um, he used to build geodesic domes with fire in the roof. Uh, for a company his friend set up called Incendia and they would they would do like Burning Man and do lots of different festivals and things and so he was forever like just Zozobra is here in Santa Fe New Mexico what's that you know about Zozobra Burning Man Zozobra the biggest one that they do it's here oh Burning Man Mexico yeah 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 it's crazy there's a lot of pagans and 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 occult people love like like dark occultists that practice a lot of dark stuff like to go to those too I like to just go to like my buddy's land or a family land where there's yeah. not, I wouldn't have to be around all these people and we could just be around ourselves and build our own vibe. You know what yeah. I mean? And then just vibe with mother nature and then just play whatever kind of music we want and have whatever yeah. kind of drinks or whatever we yeah. want with us. And then it's just our, our own little circle of people that we had this experience with, but we're out in the middle of the woods in Northern New Mexico. Oh, wow. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much, I'm very much like that. Like when he tells me stories of like things that he's done and he, and, and like having hits of DOC, whatever it was, like I remember and, and ask, I mean, he's dropped like 10, 10 drops of acid and they, and I'm just going, man, I can, I can cope with like one. And I, <laughs> I, so I'm, I'm, I'm late for the party. You know, I was 40 before I started all this kind of stuff. And so I very much, it's always been very much on the healing. It's just been me and him. Um, Apart from one time I walked around Gatlinburg, which is like, I don't know if you, uh, Gatlinburg is in, uh, is in Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, yeah. And it's really kind of all, there's lots of amusement parks and amusement arcades and stuff. And I decided it'd be a really good idea that I was going to have, we had some acid and then walk around Gatlinburg for like hours and hours. And it was just, it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that with other people like walking past me. And I was the same. I was looking at their faces and I could see people who were just, just d- dark and then i could see other people who weren't and it was like i was looking into their space so it was weird i was like i don't know if i like this like i could see but it's it's um yeah to yeah to handle yourself like that and that's like man that blows my mind because i when i had my three grams of mushrooms i couldn't get off my yoga mat there was no way i was going to talk to anybody else like i was i was completely in my own world just like Try not to die. (laughs) (laughs) And there's something about those near death experiences, though, isn't there? Oh yeah, there is. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I I have had some uh, times where I overdid it, and I but I've always been able to to pull it back in. But there is a couple times I was like, okay, I'm ready for this one. And (laughs) for the most part, I'm talking about 95 to 97 percent of the time. Like it's been all just. 
But usually the times that I've had negative experiences is because I was feeling somebody else's stuff that started yeah. to encroach on me. But like, definitely, dude, you can see physically, you can see people that have demonic oppression yeah. upon them. And it's so wild. But that's why they're so powerful, too, because you can reach in and like grind our stuff. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, too. And I don't want to sound disrespectful, too. Like I like I did mention, like I do go to a church, but it's not an denominational and it's small. I'm not against going to church. I think churches are great. But I just watch it. Watch what your doctrines they're pushing. Watch how they mm-hmm. treat other people. Watch how they judge people. Church can be a very good thing. Can be very character building. Can be a great thing for your kids, your family, restoring relationships, community outreach. I'm totally in support of God's church, and there's great congregations out there. But just be weary of the one that you're going to and what's really going on, and 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 let the fruit of the church speak to you. Don't just yeah. blindly just be like, oh, I have to join this one because it's the closest one to me. And and then just let people cast judgments upon you and make you feel guilty because that's not the way. Like it's all about grace, and if grace has to be earned, and it's not free, then it then it's not the truth. Like mm-hmm. grace is a free gift that God gives us, but it's through it's through faith in Jesus that that we obtain that. Okay, so like yeah. I do want to mention that because people will be like, oh, he's going off on all of this other crazy stuff. So I do have my because if I wasn't rooted in that and wasn't anchored in that truth. Yeah, I could just be blown like the wind when I have these experiences. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it brings you back, anchors you to something. I think it does. It anchors you, you know, you have that faith. But it's always like I, I talk to, you know, I talk to people and I say, well, hang on a minute. Like even like to talk about the Bible, let's talk about Moses and the burning bush. What was the what was that bush? What was the bush that was burning that he inhaled and then spoke to God? <laughs> Oh, well, what yeah, what kind? <laughs> what kind was it? That's, that's my question. I would love to know. Yeah, because I've inhaled some bushes and had some pretty <laughs> profound conversations with God too. Like you know, <laughs> I, I did know. I don't know what kind of bush it was, but I I can't remember what it is now. But yeah, it, it's it's something that uh you know gives you a little bit of a trip from what I yeah. read. Yeah, I'm convinced we have been using we have been working with these you know, symbiotically with these plant medicines that can give us, it doesn't, it doesn't give us a, 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 a fast track, but it can really help thin that veil really, really quickly to, to mm. tap in, to, to tap into a higher state of consciousness and a higher, get us closer to God, you know, very quickly, if that's what we need to like help us. It's almost like a, a prayer in some sense, you know, like I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to eat the fruits of the world here that you've given me. And my intention, my prayer is, please show me, show me what I need in order to get past this difficult time in my life or whatever's happening, you know. And like for you, Alex, I want to level up. I, and you, the prayer is, I really want to level up, you know, help me get rid of what's, what's no good for me anymore and help me level up. And I think that's what these plant medicines can do. And I think use, um, you know, use kind of correctly and ceremoniously and or eat eight grams and go to a bar, like whatever. It's all healing. It doesn't. <laughs> it still healed you on some level. It still gave you something on a, on a level. It still it still gave you experiences that that have created you to who you are today. You know, and and I think those that demonize the God's gift to us, it's like, come on now. You know, I, I have a feeling, or I've, I've felt for a long time that the anointed oil, you know, Jesus used an anointed oil to heal people and perform miracles and things. Well, I've used an anointed oil sometimes to perform pretty amount of miracles as well, you know, and it's like, okay. <laughs> and I think that, you know, we, we knew a lot more about 
plants and nature, you know, frankincense and myrrh and all the other things that were were given to us. We knew it. We we used them a lot more back then with no guilt and no shame, and because we didn't have dare telling us that it was frying our brains, and you know, we didn't have any of we didn't have any of that. It's just another to keep us from finding God. It's just another. That's why they're illegal to keep us from having that connection and having that conversation with God. They don't want us to do that, you know. So, do you make your own psilocybin, Kelly? Um, I have a no. I don't. I don't grow my own as of yet. It's on the agenda. I really want to. I really, really want to. Um, my husband is definitely the. He's he has such a profound relationship with mushrooms. My relationship is mainly with cannabis, but um, it's definitely something we want to do. But we have we have a lot of connections and lots of really good friends that that help us out with these plant medicines and and even these things you know it's really important on how they grow really important where people get them from and it's really important that they're not it's same with cannabis it's really important that you don't just go get cannabis that's been grown by someone who doesn't care who's just pumping it out for money the intention while growing it is also yes the important you know when we consume these fruits it's well how was that yeah. grown no. Bro, I do not like to get uh, hallucinogenics from people that I do not know, you know, unless no. I know it's like some from some reputable source or it's somebody that I trust that has had an experience that, you know, and they tell me, yeah, these ones are good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I won't just, I just, it's not something like I told you how my buddy would do it. Like he would make sure there was this perfect environment at this temperature mm-hmm. with, he'd even play music to them yeah. because he really truly believed like they would get that whatever energy and essence was coming out of that music, those things were absorbing. And I'm telling you, they were just the most magical, like <laughs> shrooms you could ever eat, dude. Like I, I, I mentioned it on this episode, dude, like literally I've seen, I've seen a tree come to life in front of me and have a conversation with it. And I've seen clouds turn to horses and run across the sky. Like, wow. I mean, just profound, profound, like things that I'm like, okay. But at the same time, at the same time, um, you do have to be spiritually uh, guarded because like you have junk hanging out there and, 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 yeah. and you start resonating fear. Fear is an energy wave too. And, and there's a lot of things that go on around us in the spiritual realm that we're not aware of. And, and you start emitting that fear and anxiety. And then instead of, in, 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 instead of it attracting these light beings to you, you know, and these positive vibes that, that come straight from, from the light source, you will start attracting these these creatures from the dark, and you know if you start if you start in with that crap. So just be re- very careful, and it's not for everybody. So do it yeah. do it correct and do it responsibly. Yeah, if you're and that's why that, that's why that intention is so important, and you protect yourself, and you because you're going to be open. You're going to be an open vessel, especially when you're under the influence of something like you know eight crams of psilocybin. Like you are open, <laughs> you are open to the elements at that point, and you are open to lots of things coming in and out of you so as long as you are absolutely you know your intention is and you protect yourself something we always do um before we consume anything like that is we will our intention and we will okay and protect ourselves and and make sure that we're coming from a high vibration already to start with and yeah it's really important you know i think and this is this is lost education that so many people just and it's coming back now there's more and more people now on this movement to try and educate and 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 make sure that people are using these medicines appropriately. Um, and again, I do the same with cannabis. You know, I make sure that people are safe and they're using it appropriately and they're not abusing it and they're not just willy-nilly kind of not knowing what they're doing because 
I don't want the plant medicines to be blamed when people, uh, human error, you know, gets in the way. I don't want the plants to be blamed because it's not, it's not their fault. It's human error and a lack of education. So, yeah, more and podcasts like this and talking, you know, just talking about not demonizing them and just saying, no, don't do that because that doesn't work. Prohibition doesn't work. Like, you can't tell people not to do stuff because then the, the rebels like us go, well, I want to do it more now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the funniest deterrent is the skeletons in your closet. And are you ready to face them? Yeah, you're ready That's to the face them. Thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, you're ready to face those demons from your childhood. And yeah, it's a it's it's a journey for sure, but it's it's a well worthwhile. You know, it really is well worth it. It, it, and it's and it gives you a whole different perspective on so many different things. And yeah, just it's chilled me out a lot. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the experiences yeah. chilled me out. You know, I do want to talk to you some off the air too. Like, what do you call them? Inches? Uh, like what those things you're? Oh, the inches that I make. Well, spell yeah, we... that word for me. I've been meaning to ask you. How do you spell that? Like, or what is a tincture? So a tincture is this. This is a tincture. See that? I know you can't yeah. see it on the podcast because it's stinging, but um, so a tincture is just uh, it's, a dropper. It's, yeah. So it looks like this. So that is five. Is that an English word? Is that an English slang for dropper? No, tincture is a, they've been using tinctures for a long time. A tincture would usually be maybe a plant that has been um, kind of, uh, extracted using an alcohol or using an oil. So if you were to take cannabis and you were to sit it in olive oil for six months and then take the cannabis out, you're left with a tincture. Um, so it's just a, a liquid. How do you spell that? T-I-N-C-T-U-R-E. T-U-R-E-S. Tincture, yeah. Okay. Well, okay, okay, I was close. I was like, yeah, I wasn't real familiar. You know, I, have a, I always feel like I have a pretty good vocabulary, but I was always like, I didn't want to sound like so uneducated or dumb and stop you be like, tell tell me what a tincture is. But I was oh, like, yeah, I'm right. ask because it didn't bother me. And I didn't want to go Google it. I was like, just gonna ask her, what is tinctures mean? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm it, not saying I love the way you talk, but some of them like I wonder if I'm, I'm if I'm getting the spelling right because her accent <laughs> or is this a slang she's using? <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I, I already feel really dumb by not knowing the skin was a large organ. I was like, of course it is. My God, like <laughs> Oh, the God. epidermis, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone's, everybody's going to think, I don't know what I'm talking about now. I know tinctures are, really, <laughs> tinctures are a really, really easy way to administer um, things like cannabis to yourself or e- even other things like elderberry or echinacea or anything. You know, I even have um, I even have an LSD tincture in there <laughs> that's literally... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're not coming over and hanging out with your husband. <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, I have a lot in my little medicine cabinet. I have I have yeah I have DMT and LSD and MDMA and I have other. It's time, <laughs> to, it's time to break out the Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin vinyls and and that LSD tincture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From a mental field trip to Georgia. With me, let's go to New Mexico. It's all good. I'll bring I'll bring what I've got. Yeah. Bring up. Bring a bottle, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man, this is fun. You know, I got my little guy with me. It is a cool night. I better start winding it down. But I just wanted to say thank you. It's always fun hanging out. I can tell, dude, we're just like friends hanging out, right? We could just go oh, all night. So we, we um, thank you. 
<laughs> yeah. Thank you. No. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I, I do, uh, there's some things that I think that, like I would like to take like supplementally something that maybe I'm like not really getting high up or some like with the, with the effects of like, like cannabis and, 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 you know, so maybe small amounts of THCD, but also like the CBDs and stuff, just stuff to help with like, uh, you know, achy joints and stuff, you know what I that's mean? That's this one. Yeah. I have one of the, I have, I have both. So I have high THC tincture and I have a high CBD tincture. And this, uh, this CBD tincture is, um, one milligram of THC to every 40 milligrams of CBD. So it's a really lovely one to 40. So it's like, you could, I mean, I could drink this whole bottle and I'm not going to get high. Um, but yeah, something it, I could take at and be on my game at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It, is, it is something that having a lot more CBD than THC means that, you know, you are, you're getting the whole plant, you're getting the entourage effect, you're getting the full plant experience, which is as God intended. Um, but you're, you're not, you just don't have a lot of THC, so you're not getting high. You're getting all the other cannabinoids and you're getting all the benefits without getting the high. And you don't have to be high to be healed you don't have to you know oh, so I like, the, I like the other one too but that's for like my downtime <laughs> yeah that's it you have that's what i have i have my fun and then i have my <laughs> <laughs> but we can you know, Alex, yeah for sure yeah we'll continue this conversation because i know how to contact you now but you alex do. man yeah alex is sending me dude uh alex is doing some work for uh some local dispensaries or something huh yeah, it's funny that they, they just contacted me, and uh, so my <laughs> wife and I are doing some graphic design for uh, for nice. one of the local shops. And I'm like, oh, I know this lady, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get <laughs> Kelly Blackwell's book into their shops so she can like. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this I haven't even talked to Kelly about it, so it was like, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can do some cool stuff. Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. It's funny though. Dude, he was showing me this Gandalf weed pipe. I was like, dude, I totally want that thing. And it was like that one that Gandalf smokes. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. no, I was like, I was like, I want that thing. It's, yeah, I I am a huge fan of glassware. I have a little, I have a little owl. It's just for Bohemian Grove. Look over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a little owl pipe. Yeah, I like, Hey man, yeah. they can't claim all these cool creatures for themselves, man. I'm sorry, I'm not giving them snakes because there's some snakes. I, 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 I might not love them, but want to play with them. But I respect them, and I think some of them are very beautiful, and they serve a purpose, man. They all you learn when you live on the ranch, you don't go killing all of them. Obviously, if there's a poisonous one around your your pets and your kids, you probably want to get rid of it or remove it or replace it somewhere else. So we will kill the poisonous ones sometimes. But like the other ones, especially non venomous species, dude, if you don't, if you let them hang around, they keep away the mice and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're very helpful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, before we so they start, can't, they can't have, <laughs> <laughs> they can't have all the cool creatures. They can't have the owl either that has 360 degree vision. They can't. God created that thing, not them. Yeah, I have owls everywhere. Owl is my spirit animal, is they're not having that. <laughs> so does my mom. My mom collects owls. And I just want to say, you said you were 21 during uh, 9-11, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so what was it? It was 2001, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think you're Alex and me, you were all the same age. Yeah. So I'm, I was 21. Yeah. Yeah. 79. So 78. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 78. So yeah. There we go. Yeah. See, we're all babies. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, Alex, you got anything else? Um, 
I'm just really happy that Callie was here tonight, and it's Aww. always fun. And uh, yeah, Ho hopefully Thank we can do a trilogy. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that. I can I just come on and present with you if you want. Right? We can make this a regular thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do we need a third house ranch uh, psilocybin experiment, and we'll just get like Claude to record it all? Yeah. Yeah. By then we'll be doing the. By then we'll be doing the video streaming and all that stuff. So we'll have to, we can't release it immediately. We'll have to do some editing in case there's some, <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely do it. And, and down the line, you know, it would kind of be cool man, uh, to bring you on a, as a third host for a special episode or something, you know what I mean? Like cool. we could definitely do something like that. Uh, one more time, just tell them your, where to contact you. Um. So yeah, if you want to, Instagram is probably the easiest or uh, you can have a look at my link tree. I know that was linked to the last podcast that I did with you guys or on Instagram. I am under, I am at hope underscore dealer two five four. And I, I'm on Facebook as Callie Blackwell. You can just look up my name as well. Um, yeah, loads of ways to find me. If you just Google Callie Blackwell cannabis, I, I will come up. You should be able to find me. There you go. You heard it here, folks. Well, we're going to call it a night. So remember for a momentalist, protect your dome. And we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs> How do we find ourselves here within these walls and chains as a teardrop lands? Who is there to blame? Yeah.